176 and the first episode of the eighth season of Rankin Review. This episode, regular guest Lee Beckman is going to join me, your host and random Canadian Larry Parsons, to discuss the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Full disclosure, Mr. Beckman and I have talked about two of these movies before. We talked about Wes Craven's new Nightmare in the Wes Craven episode of Rankin Review, and we discussed Freddy vs. Jason in our retrospective discussion of the Friday the 13th franchise. So those two reviews are going to be repurposed for this episode. But you are going to get Lee Beckman and Larry Parsons' take on all of the Nightmare on Elm Street films leading up to the remake. As usual, you should go into this episode knowing that there's going to be spoilers for the movies we discuss, as well as coarse language, especially for me. If you have feedback to send me, you can do that. Send that feedback to rankinreview at gmail.com. That's R-A-N-K-N-R-E-V-I-E-W at gmail.com. The website is rankinreview.ca. And thank you so much for listening to the show. I'm so happy to be back. We are going to be leading up to the big 200th episode this season, as well as at some point celebrating my 1,000th review. Big things ahead for Rank and Review. Thank you for being here. Now let's get into some nightmares. So this is the 176th episode of Rankin Review. It is also the first episode of the seventh season Ooh. of Rankin Review. And this rank, rank of 25 episodes is going to lead us up to the big 200. It could be like the 007 of this series. <laughs> yeah, well... Dun, 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 dun. So yeah, season opener, big news, regular contributor, Mr. Mm-hmm. Lee Beckman. Mm-hmm. Today, here we sit in your basement to discuss mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. I have to say that it's exciting for two reasons. Mm. One, we I can't believe it took 176 episodes to get to Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm. Like, I would have imagined it in my head somehow. It would have happened fairly yeah. quickly in, yeah. in the thing. But also in the strange days that we're in, with the whole plague and pandemic going on, it has been months and months since I've been actually able to record a podcast. 
face to face with somebody mm. and it is very refreshing so thank you for hosting me we're in mr beckman's basement to discuss nightmare on elm street coming. and uh yeah it's just it's it's nice to not have to deal with the computer it's nice to not be talking to a screen it's I, painfully good to see you actually it gets you so far talking on a screen but yeah. somehow man it's just better it's, it's just it's, not as intimate yeah, you know yeah. like i always feel like we should be doing this uh <laughs> this conversation by candlelight almost <laughs> just go like way old school we missed each other <laughs> so welcome to another season yeah. of rank and review yeah. welcome mr beckman thank you uh how do you feel about mr Frederick Kruger. <laughs> Frederick Kruger. Oh, wow. I'm getting a rather regal a, a regal kind of feeling to it. Hey, man, um, it's the house that Freddy built. I always loved that sentence. I, I, I like Freddy Kruger. Uh, he was such a huge cultural icon when you and I were kids. Everywhere. Everywhere. Like it, It's really strange that during our time in pop culture that one of the most popular toys for kids our age... And Freddy younger, glove. with the Freddy glove and Freddy plush toy and Freddy lunchbox, for a time one of the best-selling toys was a child molesting serial killer. <laughs> it's really bizarre. I, th- I think that is something that might be underwritten about people of our age. Like we were both born in the late seventies. Yeah. Came up, grew up, our childhood in the eighties, yep. early nineties. But like in this time frame. There were there was an animated series of Rambo. Yep. And there was G. a G. Rambo yep. animated yep. series, yep. right? Like the stuff that was being directed at kids was weird, even like the mainstream stuff. But yeah, you're right. Freddy Krueger on a lunchbox. I remember seeing a couple of them when I was a kid at Trading school. Trading cards, yeah. And I even thought like I was jealous that they had a Nightmare on Elm Street lunchbox. But even as a kid, yeah, I clocked that as strange. Yeah. That next to you know. Peter Pan and Star Wars and yeah. like Disney whatever. Yeah. Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Like that is deep cultural penetration. I've got a funny story about Freddy Krueger and, and pop culture. So, you know, of course they made Freddy Krueger like Marvel uh, got in Freddy got into the comic book business. Of course. And there was a three comic book issue of uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street and I got the first one and I loved it and it was like it was harsh. It showed the you know the actual creation, the birth of a you know the, uh, the 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 bastard son of a thousand maniacs. It actually showed that in there, and of course, Freddy killing all these teenagers just really gross. And my mom got a hold of it and just freaked out. Hmm. Uh, like even the Susan comic- wasn't on board with N- Nightmare on Elm Street. No, <laughs> she was just like whoa, and even trying to just it came down to we had a conversation. Oh, good. Uh, and she was going to buy the comic book from me. And this is why, and because like it was the, the the front cover was like Freddie holding a woman in his glove, and you know, kind of smiling, and she was saying, you know, these claws are like penises and everything, and I'm like, oh wow, and I'm like, okay, you went way overboard. It's a horror comic book, but <laughs> yeah. like, there was no way I was keeping that thing, and so I always had this like. <laughs> This really guilted love <laughs> for Freddy Krueger. Well, see, your mom couldn't have made it more like it's, it's forbidden it, now. Yeah. Now oh, yeah. that it's forbidden, the yeah. allure of it is yeah. ir- irreversible. Yeah. She would have done better to ignore it, but I guess yeah. I don't see that <laughs> make it. But like, would she have rather found pornography? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, <laughs> I don't know. But, I don't know. But there is a sort of dark sexual undertone to, of to, to the nightmare films. Of, 
And slasher movies. Yeah, which, I mean, as, it is sex and death once again, but... As, as like, fantastical and as mixed in fantasy yeah. as Nightmare on Elm Street is, yeah. let's not... Let's not romanticize it. Yeah. These are slasher movies. Yeah. Every single one of them. In my mom's defense, though, like, there was actual rape in there. Like, oh, was there? Yeah. Well, the, well, I haven't read the comic book. Yeah, no, no. Like, I remember. Like, even I was, as I was reading, I was like, whoa, this, this is, is pretty <laughs> out there. So, it, in defense of my mother, who might listen to this, <laughs> okay. it was pretty out there. No, no, no. no. Anyways, I'm, we're not so talking that, down to Susan and Shelley. Yeah, anyway. yeah. Um, but uh, I think if you are listening, Susan, do your due diligence and watch all of these. <laughs> she will never do it. She will never, ever do it. Well, of course, we have Wes Craven to yep. thank for this whole yep. enterprise. And we have did an entire episode dedicated to Wes Craven. We actually talked about his new yep. nightmare yep. in that episode. So yep. that will be dealt with at some point in this episode. Um, I think I have a reason why it took so long for Freddie to make it onto your show. What do you think? It's just throughout the years, one by one, you were it got reviewed the Nightmare series. So. Some of them have been, yeah, but that's okay. I don't mind doing an isolated review of a, a, a Nightmare on Elm Street because then it can be sort of ranked against other horror movies. Yeah, this list we're ranking Elm Street against Elm Street. That's true. Um, Wes Craven, who came up with this idea because he read some articles about these people who had been through traumatic experiences in the war, some, uh, I, I believe they were in some internment camps or something like this. Yeah. When they came home, they started having these nightmares to the point where they were too terrified to go to sleep. And in some cases, they legitimately appeared to die in their sleep from the dreams. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was a, a series of articles about it. It always stuck in his head. Yeah. And he plugged it into this Freddy Krueger character. And like yeah. I said, it is a dressed up slasher yeah. villain, but it did elevate what was in danger of becoming an already stagnant slasher world. Apparently there was also a sort of string of bizarre deaths around the time that he was writing this script where uh, some young Asian men who were trying to stay up, you know, uh, awake for their exams, you know, all of a sudden couldn't get back to sleep and then he went, went insane because yeah. they just couldn't sleep anymore. Apparently these days we're seeing it with crazy hardcore gamers. Yes, there's, yes, I don't want to, I'd go off on a weird tangent, but I have stories. About <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah, but anyways. Well, so, but what I think he successfully did, uh, uh, over and above creating a character that, like we said, mm-hmm. penetrated deeply into pop culture, mm-hmm. was we were seeing slasher movies every week. Yeah, like, yes. it took a while for this movie to get made, because I think nobody was taking it seriously, because it, yeah. they were reading it like another slasher movie. Yeah. The dream thing the dream aspect to the movie yeah. is what makes Nightmare on Elm Street the next level. Absolutely. Um, um, uh, I'm surprised it took this long for a filmmaker to come up with the idea that a dream demon is the one that's picking off kids. I mean, it, 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 the possibilities could be endless because it's going into a different universe, but I digress and interrupt. You cannot run from sleep. Yeah. In theory... And I love Jason. You know my love for Friday the 13th is large. I, I understand. But a problem with every single Friday the 13th, maybe with the exception of Jason on a boat, <laughs> is that if you run in one direction yeah. for long enough, yeah. you're out of that fucking situation. Yep, yep. That is not the case with Freddy Krueger. You yep. have to face this guy. You have no choice. You have no choice. Even if you stay up for eight or nine days, sooner or later, you're going to go, Plus just the interesting scientific aspect that nobody has a real full grasp of why 
animals sleep, including us, or yeah. what dreams really are. Yeah. Yes, our brain shows us p pictures while we're unconscious, but it why... It can create narratives, yeah, actually. Why, how, what do they mean? I mean, yeah. there are people who make their living interpreting dreams, but it's... Yeah. Honestly, I, to my mind, it has to be similar to tea leaves <laughs> phenology, yeah. right? Yeah. The, the, the vast mystery of dreams. Throw a serial killer in there. Yep. You're not even safe yep. when you're sleeping. Yep. Yep. It's a terrifying concept. It's a terrifying, terrifying concept. And like, so that was the thing that was giving kids nightmares. Mm -hmm. I, I think I love the Friday the 13th series more than I loved the Nightmare on Elm Street series when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. But I think Freddy was a scarier figure mm -hmm. in my head, which is why, and we'll get into it when we start going through the movies, mm -hmm. I kind of personally get disappointed how much of a cartoon he becomes mm -hmm. as we get deeper into the series. Mm -hmm. The funnier and wackier and more, quote, out there Freddy gets, yeah. the less... I'm into it, yeah. which is weird. It seems different. When the Friday the 13th, I like them to be fun. I like the yeah. goofier, silly bits to the Friday the 13th movies. But yeah. I think on some level, if you're dealing with a child murderer, yeah. <laughs> you got to maybe take it a little bit seriously. Yeah. It, it, in, in some sort of ways, it's also a monster movie. You could yeah. argue that Freddy isn't... Well, I guess you could also argue that Jason is a monster. So, yeah. But, but yeah. Well, and like his powers are, are get redefined movie to movie. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, I, it's a fairly fairly adequate introduction. Yeah. No, I don't no. like Freddie doesn't really need much of an introduction. Like, no. Who well, doesn't in the in the world? Yeah. Who doesn't know who? Freddy and a special is? a special shout out to uh, Freddie's Nightmares that the TV series was on for like two or three seasons. I uh, my memory of it even when I was like fourteen or whatever is that it was awful. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. Do you remember, like, STV when it first got started in, in Saskatoon? I I might have not even been in Saskatoon yet. Oh, sorry. I, this is that I just aged myself. Ooh, <laughs> embarrassing. Anyways, one of the first things they did, you know, it was put on Freddy's Nightmares at, you know, 10 o'clock at night. And, whoa, some of the stuff they were... <laughs> Super segue. Yeah. In the like in this new age with horror television, Walking Dead, Chucky's got a TV show. Apparently, Hellraiser's getting a TV show. Yeah. Um, exciting times. Yeah. Unfortunately, for when I was a kid, when they did the Nightmare on Elm Street TV show and yeah. the Friday the Thirteenth TV show, they were so awful. Yeah. <laughs> they were so awful. Oh, I know. Fun and and fact, like low production too. David Cronenberg directed an episode of yeah. Friday the Thirteenth. I read that. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think I think some of the directors on the Nightmare one was actually Toby Hooper did the pilot. Yeah, did he? Yeah, but it's yeah the show is apparently like a hard thing to watch. I remember staying up late to watch it because yeah. I was excited for it. Wasn't yeah. anyway. I think we should we should jump into the series. Yes, yes. We're not going to review the TV show, guys. I'm sorry. Sorry, that was me. I, I, I took it off course. I'm so no, 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 sorry. No, 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 no. I wanted to sort of capture the whole like cultural phenomenon that was Fred Krueger. I was talking about the Friday Thirteenth TV show. We, we, we're doing well. Okay. <laughs> Today, Mr. Lee Beckman yep. and your host and random Canadian Larry Parsons are going yep. to review and then rank A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Yes. A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors. A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. Rock that shit. A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child. Oh, yeah. He's, he's going. He's going. Freddy's Dead. Yep. The not final nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> it just just be called the movie the movie that lied. Wes Craven's New Nightmare and 
Freddy vs. Jason, yes. and we'll finish it with the remake yes. of A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. Thank you for having me. Let's do this shit. Yes. We just see cuts happen. What did that, Lieutenant? I don't know. There's a coroner got to say. He's in the jaw and puking since he saw it. You're gonna kill me for sure. Did you do it? There was somebody else there. He was locked in a room with a girl who went in alive and came out in a rubber bag. No one knows where it came from or who it will visit next. Nancy, there's something wrong with you. You're imagining things. Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> do you believe in the boogeyman? No. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. No! Oh! We, we made this plan to record the Nightmare on Elm Street podcast, and I was going to come here for these dates, and as fate would have it, a Nightmare on Elm Street yep. was playing at the Landmark Cinema, and like they just opened things up because of the whole broken world and the pandemic yep. and whatever, yep. so we went and saw the movie on the big screen because yep. it seemed like the universe was telling us that we must, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and um, it was just last night, and... Um, I have to say, I really enjoyed seeing this movie. Yeah, large and yeah. loud. Yeah, like the first, like even that opening bit, it was rocked hard by the sound. I can't imagine what this movie would have been like. Like no one had ever really seen something quite like. I mean, like this. Yes, it was a slasher, but like it, it's this whole monstrous dream demon with sheep running around and people in body bags being like dragged across. Like like this movie is a capital H horror movie straight from the word go there's no lull it's like bang you're in it yeah it's it's and it is there's not a lot of winking or laughter no. to it at all no. Freddy is purely a, a terrifying figure in yeah. this movie and much more in the shadows to the yeah. benefit of the movie that was something else that I hadn't really noticed seeing the big screen is that he there is a lot more shadow with Freddy like he starts off bathed in darkness and then comes in. We really don't get a really good look of Freddy's face until about, what, like the 45-minute mark? Yeah, and even in, like, when we see the burned and, and the shadow and stuff, yeah. it's got this raw, wet, sort of meaty yeah. sort of yeah. texture to it. Yeah. It's almost less like a burn, more like the, the flesh is rotting off his face somehow. It's like an overcooked pork chop. Yeah, yeah like yeah. if you touched him, it would just yeah. fall off, yeah. loose off of his face. Yeah. Um, you can tell the movie's made in the 80s, yeah. but it is still a really strong horror movie, I yeah. think. And again, the imagination is deep. I can't imagine that there's a lot of people listening to this who don't know the story, but just for the sake of argument. Okay, here we go, yes. Nancy and uh, a bunch of her friends who uh, live in the Elm Street neighborhood area yeah. are having dreams about this strange, besweatered, razor-gloved dude chasing yep. them. And one night, faithful night, uh, her, Nancy's friend was so terrified of her dreams that she wanted to have company because her mom was away and she has the dream Freddy shows up and in arguably one of the most iconic horror movie kills in history yeah. I think I would put it be to be with the shower scene in Psycho yeah it's up there it's disturbing it's a really ugly kill Tina's death is yeah. brutal you... and uh, we like Tina and yeah. it's yeah. traumatizing and it's like uh, yeah <laughs> The, you kind of I didn't like her boyfriend yeah. until that scene yeah. 
yeah. after he had to go through that yeah. and like I was officially on his side yeah a dick you were but you did not deserve yeah. this no uh, no it's, so, a, it's a sort of slow walk to his death and even Nancy slowly becomes aware that like this Freddy Krueger guy is after her in her dreams and it seems like her parents know something or know more than yeah. they should there's another card to be dropped and of course so plays out the rest of A Nightmare on Elm Street yeah I had a few controversial things to say after we said it I'm gonna still stand by it okay. I don't want to talk shit about the actress Heather Langenkamp yeah I don't think that she's an amazing actress yes I think she was absolutely right for this part yeah and at the same time I don't think she's an amazing actress she's a genuine teenager yeah and she's strong she's got moxie and yep. we like her and we yep. cheer for her yes. and that's what makes Nancy work yes I don't think it's because Lane Camp is an amazing actress yeah when she like emotes sadness it's 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 it's, it's hard to watch well I mean I, I'm not mean about it yeah. it's the same way I would grade like a first time performance from a like yeah. un, practically a child actor. She's a teenager. I think she was like seventeen or eighteen when she twenty. Shot. The joke is oh the she, joke about it, so yeah. they made her look a little bit younger. But yeah, she did look like a teenager yeah, to me, she especially is, in the age of the eighties where you'd see yeah. people in high school yeah. <laughs> that look like Even they were Johnny Depp. You could probably get away. Well, maybe they, grade twelve. They were older, but yeah. they were still a little bit too old for high school. But by eighty standards, I'm yeah. saying when you'd see people who had like crow's feet under yeah. their eyes yeah. and like <laughs> you know bags yeah you gotta be at least 30 at least, least yeah you're not a freshman in high school okay yeah. uh they didn't step onto that particular line some of the fashion's a little bit funny some of the hair's a little bit funny but i yeah. mean it, take it on the chin people yeah it's not so 80s is no no yeah, there's it's much movie made in the 80s i mean we reviewed night of the demon right yeah. <laughs> so like yeah that's a movie that is that's an 80s yeah yeah um i love the scale of the movie in a lot of ways like the big scores sometimes kind of get on my nerves sometimes yeah it's the odd movie i recently talked about uh Bram Stoker's Dracula on the yeah. podcast. That's one of the rare movies that kind of gets away with the constantly screaming score. Yeah. But I found that the the score constantly filling everything, yeah. especially when the the boiler scenes. Yeah. Like in a way, when the sound dropped out, it was a gimme for the jump scare. Yeah. But all of that noise kind of got to me in the theater, and it was something yeah. that I hadn't clocked before. I think because I'd never watched it that way. Yeah. That that actually added to the experience of the movie. The in a way, the noise is as scary as the silence. In the silence, you can hear a pin drop. But yeah. in that hum and rumble and noise, someone could be standing right behind you. Yeah. And you have no idea. Yeah, and that classical score by, I think, Charles Bernstein. Mm -hmm. am, am I saying that wrong, incorrectly? Uh, one, two, Freddy's coming for you. All of that. Like, that is... Everyone knows that song. Yeah. Everyone knows that song. In fact, it was parodied by a young Will Smith... You know, all, the, all those years later with his nightmare on Elm Street. Sweet. <laughs> do you remember that one? I, I don't think I do. Will Smith what? was rapping about night, uh, Elm Street? You've never heard of My Nightmare on Elm Street? I don't know if you know this, but there's not a big hip-hop guy. <laughs> Either that or I am like a really bad nerd. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I heard Freddie had an album. But again, we're getting off, we're getting off the topic. <laughs> yeah. One thing that, that people tend to forget about Nightmare on Elm Street as well is that it was actually a pretty low-budget movie. Yep. 
And it, I mean, at times it feels like it, but it mostly doesn't. Like, even looking at it now, in comparison to, like, other movies of its age, yeah. it doesn't feel low budget. But I, I can't, well, I was wondering while I was watching it if they really, really knew what they had. Yeah. Like, they were, in a way, Bob Shea, I think, was cashing in on the slasher craze. Yeah, they make no <clears> bones <throat> about it. And he definitely went in calculating wanting to make sequels and turn this into a franchise. Yeah. But I wonder if he really knew that Freddy Krueger was going to become no one Freddy knew. Krueger. No one knew. No one knew this movie popped like the way it, the way it did. No one knew. It, it, I mean, it. they went all in on this project. Bob Shea thought there was something special, both of the Wes Craven, Wes Craven and this idea. Um... But no one knew that it was going to pop like it did. Right. Even things that look like we pointed out, the long-armed Freddy. Yeah. That looks kind of weird. Honestly, when you they show like a still frame of it, when they show a picture of it somewhere, it looks kind of weird. You only see that for a few seconds in it. And in the context of a weird dream where shit doesn't make sense, I don't question it. It's weird because it's the thing that a lot of people like to make fun of of the movie. And I'm like, oh. It's just a strange image, undoubtedly. Yeah. But it's much like that that sheep in the in the hallway of the school. Like, why was that there? Yeah, no reason at all, other than uh, I think it's kind of like a little Freudian sort of a little homage or something. Well, maybe yeah. Wes Craven had an idea of what it is, but yeah. for me, it was like the sort of thing that you would see in a dream and not question. Yeah. But then when you were recounting a dream to somebody later, and you were like, yeah, there was like a goat or something in yeah. the hallway, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? It was just like this weird inclusion. Yeah. And I, I, I really like that. This is something that subsequent Nightmare on Elm Street movies are going to fail to repeatedly fail to take advantage of. Yeah. When we did the Star Trek movies, I kept on saying, you know, in Star Trek, you have all of these planets you could go. You, you, the universe is your playground. So yeah. why is it always fucking Klingons and always yeah. fucking Vulcans? In Nightmare on Elm Street, I have the same issue. Not in this particular movie, but as we're moving forward. Yeah. You have the dream world to yeah. play in. Yes. There are no rules to that. Yeah. Literally, everything is on the table. Yeah. So why does it always come down to a chick in a boiler room? <laughs> <laughs> At least in this movie, they make the point that Freddy Krueger took his victims down yeah. to this boiler room. And that was kind of his, quote, playground where he yeah. did his his nasty business. Yeah. And uh, the it's sort of metaphorically the smaller version of it is the furnace in yeah. in Nancy's house where her mom, for some reason, keeps Freddy's glove as some sort of memento of her and the other Elm Street parents burning this child killer to death. Well, didn't some serial killer bring his victims down to a boiler room? I'm sure that that is happening. If anything, I'm sure it's some part of urban legend. But it's sort of part of, in that way, it's part of Freddy's particular world. But so... In that way, if somebody's dreaming about Freddy, Freddy's pulling him into his world yeah. by putting him in the dream world. And to me, the smart play for an Elm Street movie is they're in their dream world and mm-hmm. Freddy gets in there yeah. and sort of infects it with Freddy. Yeah. And then you can have anything. You can have anything. Yeah. You yeah. can have a Freddy shark. You can have yeah. really out there stuff. Like yeah. nothing's off the table. Yeah. So, and that's the rules that are established by the movie. Mm-hmm. The first time this movie was reviewed for the podcast, I reviewed it with my dear, dear friend, Scott Lehman. And we both talked about how great it is, and I think you and I are still agreeing how great yeah. it is. But we both went on at length about the problematic ending. 
Yeah. When I watched it last night, again, I wasn't bothered by the ending particularly, yeah. but I'm used to it now. Like, I've, yeah. I I wasn't surprised by it. I knew where this movie was going when I sat down. Yeah. I would love to get your thoughts on this. Uh, I Bob Shea wanted the ending. Craven didn't. They kind of met begrudgingly sort of in the middle. But So you think the movie works in spite of the ending? You don't think the ending's any good either? Uh, no. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no. I'm we're talking about like the ending, ending, and, yeah. the mother being dragged to the window and whatnot. Yeah. yeah, that was put upon Craven. He hated the that idea. This seems to happen to Craven a lot. Remember when we yeah. talked about uh, was it Deadly, Deadly Blessing? Deadly Friend. No, no, Deadly, Deadly Blessing. Deadly, Deadly Blessing. Okay. Yeah. Deadly Friends are different. Wes Craven movies. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, Deadly yeah. Blessing at the end, he got forced to do that monster jumps yeah. out of the the dark. right. Right. Same things happening here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I wonder what like how this movie would have sat with us, too, at the time, if it really was Wes Graven's idea that it was all a dream. Nancy woke up and went to school. That the whole movie is a dream. I'd hate that one. I think we would hate that, too. Yeah. So between those two endings, I don't know which would be... And you could still have the sequel either way, by the yeah. way, Bob oh, Shea. Yeah. I don't know, like... Yeah. I think part of it, too, was, again, the classic Carrie scare. Leave them laughing. Yeah. Like, make them remember that punchy thing, you know, yeah. like, man, it's, what a crazy movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and tell your friends the next day at work, and then they're going to drag their friends the next night. Yeah. But, yeah, I think, I stand by what I said the first round that I reviewed the movie, that the movie is so good and so full of imagination and so scary yeah. that it almost doesn't matter. Yeah. At the end, it's like Jaws. I know that hurts to people's ears to say that, mm -hmm. but there's a couple shots in Jaws where the shark looks bad. Yeah, oh yeah, it looks really bad. Like yeah. that's not a convincing shot. I think shot. most people would be in agreement. But the movie is so good yeah. that we just don't give a shit. Yeah. We're just in it, and we're okay. we'll, we're in we'll, it to win it. Yeah. We'll take that. We'll take it. Like yeah. they're they're doing their best and they're entertaining yeah. the shit out of us. Yeah. So um, I think it gets a pass. Yeah. But only this movie. Right. Yeah. Going forward, once they've, you know, it's been a big blockbuster mm -hmm. and we have Freddy Krueger, the dream demon, hunting the Elm Street children, avenging his own death. Mm -hmm. And then I guess just continuing his child killing ways. Um, yeah. This is what I'm going to be looking at, right? <laughs> okay. Use it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you don't get to cop out on the ending anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, this is one thing I will give credit to the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Okay. They come up with a series of creative ways to quote unquote kill Freddy. <laughs> yeah. They don't repeat themselves necessarily on yeah. that on that aspect. Yeah. Well, can you kill Freddy now? Like that—that's the thing. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe we shouldn't go down that rabbit hole, but not maybe not just yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, does he really even... Well, he doesn't die in this movie, technically. Well, it, it, again, in the original canonical idea of it, he was just a nightmare. He didn't yeah. ever really exist, yes, yes. right? Okay, yeah. So, and again, people would, would not like that. But yeah. No, Freddy is real, and he's here to kill the children of Elm yeah. Street. <laughs> yeah, 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 okay. Um, With you. The thing that got a lot of laughs, I noticed in the theater. By the way, surprisingly well attended. Yes. We were talking about going to the movie at a Sunday night, 9.35. Yeah, for we, sure. We might well be the only people there, yeah. right? Yeah, No, it was pretty well attended. I yeah. mean, they could only sell so many seats because yeah. of the but world. I think it was sold out you for so? a yeah. uh, COVID screening. But there was a few chortles, particularly thrown towards Nancy's mother. Yeah. 
she's like this alcoholic oh yeah overprotective yeah. she's got a few weird lines and i think there's something half-assed about that actress's performance i don't know if she's you... not very good but neither's the character well the character is difficult but i i think she's i don't know this i'm making it up lee yeah. but like i got the feeling like that actress was slumming it like yeah. she was like maybe had a tv show or something she did that other stuff she'd done before yeah. this and she got this job in this Elm Street movie and thought it was going to be a forgettable slasher movie that no one would say. She she doesn't seem invested okay. to me. She just okay. doesn't seem invested. Okay. John Saxon, you know, you pay your money for John Saxon. He's yeah. going to give you your John Saxon, right? He's yeah. going to show up and do it. Yeah. There's a great story I saw of him talking about Nightmare on Elm Street and um, him, like, walking up to the director and um, he, he asked him, so this role you're hiring me for is it like like kind of like a romantic lead or is it like a father figure or whatnot and he goes well it's the chief of police you're the daddy's you're the you're the father of um nancy. of nancy so he pulls out like a series of wigs and goes okay this is my romantic lead this is my you know sort of fatherly type so this guy had a ser he carried around with him a series of how, wigs how much hair do you need that's acting. <laughs> That's professionalism. R.I.P. By the way, John Saxon. For those who uh, don't know who he is, um, he has passed on recently. So, yeah. rest in peace, there, Mr. Saxon. Also, just cool to see you know Charlie Fleisch, Charles Fleischer, yeah, as yeah. the technician in the Dream the yeah. Workshop. He voiced yeah. Roger Rabbit. He had that really creepy scene in Zodiac. Yeah. yeah, and here he is in Nightmare on Elm Street. He shows up in the strangest places. This guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, we have young Johnny Depp, but I think most people know that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, again, celebrity spotting. Um, the Nightmare series doesn't have as many celebrity spotting things as some, although we'll get to it when we talk about part three for sure. Uh, yeah, it's fairly populated, actually. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's sort of some of the fun of looking back at these old franchises. Yeah. A, just sort of seeing the progression of film over the years of the franchise yeah. and seeing some you know, famous faces yeah. well before anybody gave a shit is kind of interesting to me. yeah. yeah. Lin Shay, <clears throat> still young and fun, playing the teacher. Yeah, yeah. Mate, that yep. whole sequence in the school, and I remember as a kid when I first saw that, yeah. that, that sequence was terrifying to me. Yeah. When she follows the blood trail into the hallway, and uh, there's all those snakes and shit or whatever in the yep. in the body bag. Yeah. That, that's unsettling. Again, very much Wes Craven. In the Wes Craven episode, we talked about his fascination with snakes. serpents. Yeah. That's does, in here for sure. He does He does love, love some snakes, man. It's a... It's, uh, it's a weird movie to talk about in review. It's just so classic, you know. Yep. yep. No, it's it's like I said, it's it's a capital horror film, a, a capital H horror movie. Um, if you had to take the big three as like the movies, the movies that started their franchises, Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare, and Halloween, which would you say is the strongest? From a filmmaking perspective, yes. or as like an example of a genre, well, in either way, I would say Halloween. Yeah, probably. I, I would too. Um, at times, nightmares are far more terrifying movies, though. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I credit like the opening ten minutes of that movie. It just bam gets you there. Well, I go back to the, what I said at the introduction. As yeah. far as we thought, we knew what slasher movies were. Yeah, and it was sort of like. I gotta go back to Romero. The jump from Night of the Living Dead to Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Night of the Living Dead, you got a bunch of people in a farmhouse being seized by zombies. Yeah. Awesome, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, in Dawn of the Dead, you have a bunch of people in a shopping mall with an 
army of zombies, (laughs) and it's even more awesome. And we didn't know that the zombie movie could be elevated to this level until Dawn of the Dead. We didn't know that a slasher movie could be elevated to this level. And that's really what, like, Halloween basically set the bar as far as I'm concerned. I know a lot of people will say Psycho, but fuck that. Halloween. And yeah, Black Christmas got there first, but fuck that. Halloween. That was the successful one. That was the Beatles of the slasher movies. Yes, some would argue that Peeping Tom was actually the first slasher film. But But as far as popularizing it and and putting in people's heads what a slasher movie is, it's Halloween. And until, I would argue, Nightmare on Elm Street, and including my beloved Friday the 13th, nobody raised the bar again. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Halloween may be a better made movie, but yeah. like, and maybe we needed Halloween to get to Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. But Elm Street pushed us forward. Yep. So bravo. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say about Nightmare on Elm Street? I feel like I've just been well, talking fr- around it almost. Yeah. Well, I mean, everyone knows it. It's been even talked about uh, like on this podcast more than once. So I don't know what, what more we can say. It's, it's a really good, you know, and shout out to Robert England as well. Who, yeah, he's scary in this one. Yeah, yeah, like it is a nasty, nasty villainous and Freddy. Some people think that it's easy to play the villain. Yeah, or like that there's something goofy about the Freddy run. Yeah. To me, that's all calculated. This is all a choice. Yeah, there's there, Robert England has a great story. Uh, when when you first see him, he comes out and his arms all kind of no. That's the second time. Sorry. Because the first time is when his arms are stretched out. Yeah. He comes out and his glove was and his glove was so heavy that it dragged his shoulder and his arm down almost like a gunslinger. You can see it, and he comes out like that, and that's because the glove is so heavy. That's one of the first things they shot, and they hadn't quite worked out how Robert would use the glove. Yeah. It's it's I don't know. It's cool. But you know, even even in even even if it's a mass killer who doesn't say anything, yeah. It's just never as easy as you think it would be to be yes. the bad guy. Yes. It's just never as easy as you think it would be. Um, you know, I've seen England in other things, and sometimes he impresses me, and sometimes he doesn't. Yeah. But I'm glad that they made this bit of casting for Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. It's not... I don't necessarily think that Nightmare on Elm Street doesn't work without Robert England. Yeah. Like, I'm sure there are other actors out there that could give, bring us a scary Freddy Krueger, mm-hmm. but this guy fucking brought it. So, yep. thank you. Yep. <laughs> thank yep. you. Yep. And again, I'm sorry to be so mean about Heather Langenkamp. Like, I think she's the right girl for the movie. Yeah. I just... I, I wasn't knocked over yep. by her. Yep. And uh, again... That happens again when we talk about her in a couple of other of the movies. So, yes, good enough. Good enough. I'm in trouble. You've had some scary dreams, okay? How? Daddy can't help you now. There's something inside him. Find him. You are not afraid of him. He doesn't even exist. Freddy Krueger is back on Elm Street. Watch out for him. We'll be in your neighborhood soon. A Nightmare on Elm Street, Part 2. You are all my children now. Freddy's Revenge. (laughs) So once upon a time in Rankin Review, I did an episode called Terrible Twos with our mutual acquaintance, Jeremy Cook. Yes. And we discussed... Freddy's Revenge, Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Yes. The gayest of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies by a great degree. By far. And this movie has been rediscovered and made into a cult item. There's a documentary about it. Yep. 
it, the cat's out of the bag as far yeah. as this whole... I, I was about to say homosexual subtext, but it yeah. doesn't even feel like subtext when you watch the no, movie. No, that's the wrong word. So in a way, I'm glad that the movie's rediscovered. But here's the thing about this that's frustrating me. Okay. A lot of people are getting this conflated with the idea that it's a good movie. Mm. And it really, really isn't. Yeah. It has some really good moments in it. Yeah. There's some cool stuff in it. And the I will, special effects in it. By Chuck Yeager, no less. I would argue the special effects are actually, well, maybe not better, but like, like on par. Freddy looks amazing in this movie. Yeah. But there's also an exploding parakeet. Yeah. There's also a lot of really cringy scenes. Yeah. As hilarious as that scene is where the kid was dancing in his room. Yeah. Like, when I watched it again for this podcast, I yeah. was just like, I really wanted to skip that scene. I really wanted to skip yeah. past it. Like, I just, I wanted everything to stop. Yeah. And there is something really crass about the whole gym teacher aggressively gay thing. There's there's some uncomfortable stuff in it, too. I have a question. Do you think the movie is homophobic? I think the 80s were homophobic. Yes. So in that way, yes. Yeah. But that's the hilarious thing about the movie. Like, if everybody's to be believed, none of this was intentional. Except for the writer. The writer was trying to sneak it in the back door. No, I don't think he was sneaking. Well, <laughs> nice pun. Thank you. But, like, he... he in, in the in the Never Sleep Again documentary, he said yeah. his position was he was going to try and put it in there, and if people who were looking for it could see it. Yeah. But it really seemed like every choice of yeah. the production yeah. accented the quote gayness of yeah. the movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Blame the blame someone like the, the the main set designer before that because he read the script and all of a sudden went, "I'm going to put this here. This probe game is going to be put here." It's undeniably interesting. It's undeniably a curio. Like, it's it's yeah. watchably horrible or it's yeah. a watchably bad movie. It is the ultimate so bad it's good movie. But I almost wish that it had happened in a way after Elm Street 3. Mm. Because 1 and 3 are a complete item of themselves. In a way, 3 gives 1 an awesome ending. The awesome ending that we didn't get with 1 yeah. were given with 3. Yeah. And this aberration in between yeah. kind of sticks out as this sort of ugly, you know, growth that, that doesn't yeah. fit. Yeah. So like I, 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 for the series, it's not overall the best thing. Yeah. But for the world, for trivia hounds, for B-movie delightists, for yeah. people who want to be entertained by yeah. some batshit crazy 80s, yeah, yeah, you should fucking watch that in Elm Street too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. It's a great crazy 80s movie, you, you but it's can't... a terrible Nightmare in Elm Street movie. Yeah, that's where I, I'm starting. That's, that, that's actually a great segue, where as a nightmare film, it is atrocious. But as something that, you know cinephiles should definitely get down and see absolutely you cannot take your eyes off this train wreck <laughs> it but like yeah like you can't unsee it you can't unsee it <laughs> it has a wow factor it really does <laughs> but for like maybe not the right reasons <laughs> yeah well it's kind of funny much like how like language can change over time <laughs> films can change over time and 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 what was i think probably one of the most homophobic movies when it was released has now turned into this you know raw raw gay positivity movement like there are academic classes devoted to this movie uh in you know gender theory departments it's 
Wow. So, premise. Yes. Jesse, young teenage boy, moves into the house. Played by Mark Patton, yes. Sorry? Played by Mark Patton. Mark Patton, thank you. Um, uh, Move into the house from the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. And right away, things are going south. He's having strange dreams. The house is getting crazy hot all the time. Yeah. And I think the idea was is that the suppressed bad icky thoughts yeah. in Jesse's head his quote yeah. gay thoughts yes. I know you can't see my air quotes you guys but yeah. trust me I'm doing the air yeah, quotes he's doing the air quotes guys yeah. <laughs> um, his evil quote gayness yes. is represented by Freddy Krueger yes Freddy Krueger gets inside him yeah. and eventually physically erupts from him yes um, which to me as amazing as that special effect is yeah is when the movie completely goes off the cliff. Freddy Krueger in the real world is a complete betrayal of the entire premise of Nightmare on Elm Street. Everything that makes Freddy terrifying stops the second that happens. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he's not even a dream is anymore. He? Not anymore. No, no. He's in the it, real world. It's sort of he's like he's more of a specter in this one. At that, the at the end of the first one, he he gets pulled into the real world, in which yeah. quote damage can happen to yeah, him, yeah. but then not at all, right? Well, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But at least it was a climactic piece in that one, right? Yeah. This was Freddy's goal. If you're a dream demon and you can kill people in their sleep and you have all this limitless power. Why in the world? Yeah. <laughs> like, why in the world would you want to go back to being a, like a measly person running around in the real world who could be jailed or, you know? Well, does he kill anyone that's actually asleep in this movie? Uh, because the, the coach, he... Is awake? Awake. Yep. His friend is, is awake. Because Jesse's being possessed by Freddy. Yeah. So once again, they're not really using The kids at the, the party, you know, he just comes in and starts slaying. Yep. Uh, I'm trying to think who else Freddy kills in this movie. I know there's a couple of nightmares. There's a great nightmare sequence at the beginning. I actually really yeah. like that opening yeah. sequence on the bus. It's sort of yeah. bookended with two bus sequences. Yeah. But you're not going to be like convinced by the blue screening effects because of how old the movie is. But yeah. the bus driver starts driving way too fast and blowing past all the spots. And, yeah. and everybody who's still on the bus is freaking out. Then he drives off the road. And then the road starts disappearing beneath them. And all of a sudden... They're teetering on this precipice above lava and having a fight with Freddy on the bus. And the movie just started, and you're thinking, yes. Yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street, bitches. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yeah. And then that's it. Yeah. There's no more Nightmare on Elm Street for the rest of the movie, really. It's a different movie. Yeah. Stop me if I'm I'm wrong here, but... I don't think he kills anyone that is quote unquote dreaming. Not in this movie. Not in this so. movie. I could is, be mistaken. It, which the totally bird goes maybe? Against... Oh, but the bird was flying. Yeah. <laughs> but they bird. made a point of selling us that the bird was asleep initially. Yeah. That was like in a yeah. stupid movie. Yeah. Hands down the stupidest thing that happened in yeah. the movie. Yeah. Like a close second with the weird wear panther things at the refinery that regarding Freddy's lair. The fuck was that about? Yeah, I, like... I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but shout out to Clue Gallagher, by the way. Always like to see Clue Gallagher. Yeah, he does. I, I do like the relationship between between him and Mark Patton in this movie, and it's one of those cute little gem things. Even the mom, my uh, Hope Lang, she's really good as well. So shout out to them. But yeah. I'm sorry, I've interrupted. Uh, I'm just saying. In a ludicrous movie, that was those were yeah. particularly ludicrous things. Yeah, um, but it goes against every sort of every, the whole setup of what Nightmare was. Yeah, 
So that's right. Anything that you're going to enjoy in this movie, and I'm not saying that there's not things to enjoy, yeah, are unrelated. Yep. To Nightmare on Elm Street. Yep. For a long time, this was my very least favorite Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Yeah. I don't think it is my very least favorite anymore. Yeah. But uh, I just don't want this new revisionist. Aw shucks. This is kind of accidentally hilarious. Everybody should find this lost treasure movie yeah. to fool anybody into thinking yeah. that it represents what we're talking about when we talk about Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Because yeah. in that level, it fails. I, and again, I guess we can blame the screenwriter for all of this. It's a possession movie. It's a yeah. haunting movie. It's yeah. a psychological horror movie. And great. Yeah. If that's the movie you want to make, make that movie. Yeah. That's just not what I identify yeah. with Nightmare on Elm Street. I think it was almost... We've talked about, the like, I, at least I have, the perfect storm to create something that is memorable, whether it's bad or good memorable, where we had this idea where Jaskin was going to create this possession movie with this gay subtext, and other people latched on to, to that idea and made this bizarre cult homoerotic horror movie mm-hmm. that is just undeniable. Like, all these things that came in. The actors were in on it. Robert England knew, even said to the director, uh, you know, this is a very homoerotic scene. Can we do it with the, you know, can I put the, the blade in his mouth kind of thing? Um, again, in the Never Sleep Again documentary, the, yeah. they were playing dumb. Yeah. They were saying that they had no idea. To this day, though, and I am going off of that documentary, not Never Sleep Again, but uh, Scream Queen, My Nightmare, Jack Shoulder maintains without a doubt that he did not know. Yeah. He maintained. I love Jack Shoulder, by the way. I just, the sort of character he seems to be or is, also did the Hidden, by the, uh, by the way, another yeah. great 80s no, classic sci-fi no, monster movie. We, we've talked about the Hidden. You and I have talked about the Hidden in this yeah, show. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, again, and again, there's great sequences in the movie. Technically, yeah. the filmmaking isn't bad. Yeah, yeah. Like, I didn't think that they cheaped out on it necessarily. Yeah. It just wasn't an Elm Street script. I don't yeah. know if it was because they were in such a mad hurry to get this next Elm Street out. Yeah. I know Bob Shea, like you said, wanted to turn this into a proper cash cow. Yeah. And maybe their eagerness caused them to rush the... the but, I mean, the benefit is is that they course correct very nicely out of it. Yeah. But, yeah, whenever I hear the discussion about the movie, it's not about it's not about any of the Nightmare on Elm Street stuff. So that's what I'm going to try and make it about here today. Okay. One other criticism, though. The it's actress okay. who plays uh, the girlfriend, who's got the weird Meryl Streep face. Uh, Kim Myers. I don't know if it's just the voice or if it's... She's got this... Oh no, why yeah. these yeah. kind of just delivery, yeah. you know? But yeah. Jesse, oh. Jesse, I love you, I Jesse. love you, Jesse. Oh. oh, like, like, really? I mean, she should be driving him into the arms of this boy. Not only just run. She's supposed to be this lure that defeats his his evil, forbidden, quote, gameness. I don't buy it. Right? I don't. Not for a second. There's no chemistry between them. Like, there's. Like, I don't think they disliked each other, but they weren't comfortable kissing each other. It was just like, there's no heat there at all. (laughs) And, like, that was supposed to be the turn. Like, she kisses. 
Freddy and like he erupts back out and be- becomes himself. Yeah. And then presumably is arrested for all the murders that he committed. Yeah. Because yes. there's no way that he's getting away, especially with his guy, the guy who got killed when the parents were on the other side of the yeah. door. Yeah. Yeah. Jesse killed our son. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He's done. He's going to jail. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. The book ending bus thing. At the end, we have the Freddie's glove erupting out of this woman's chest. Yeah. Just, they're talking about it. I also think it's hilarious that they're going to school the next day. Yeah. I guess that does happen in Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Like, Nancy's traumatized by the death of her but best friend. All... The next day, she's back in school, school no yeah. problem. Yeah. But, yeah, there's this exchange that happens on the bus. Jeremy mentioned it when we reviewed it before, where they're talking about, great party last night. And she's like, oh my god, I'm so embarrassed. Yeah. I'm sorry, but at least 30 people got killed. Yeah. That was a straight-up massacre. That wasn't an embarrassing birthday party. Uh, three, I think. <laughs> it, it, it reached double digits anyways. 30, I meant. Yeah. <clears throat> but, like, damn. Yeah. But, yeah, and then, again, much like the first movie, Freddy's still alive. Ah, scary. Yeah. But as much as that seems like a cop-out, I was sort of complaining about the first movie's ending being kind of bleh. Yeah. I like the bus sequence at the beginning and the end because those two sequences were the two sequences of the movie that felt like Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Watch this movie for every reason except for that it's a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Yeah. Like, again, I'm recommending the movie for its 80s kitsch and no other reason. Who Gallagher's in it. He's a mainstay staple of the 80s, you know. It is, there is Freddy Krueger, and he was was in a lot of lunchboxes, but this is not an Elm Street movie, damn it. Yeah, I know. just isn't. I know. It's fun to watch. It is. It's stupid and ludicrous. Yes, I love the fact that they have a game called Probe. (laughs) In... In his room. The closet. Again, like, the set, the cast... The, the, the clothes, everything seemed just accenting this. Yeah. And like, I think it's more embarrassing. I guess I have to believe Jack Shoulder. Because yeah. at this point, it would be more embarrassing to admit that yeah. you didn't know <laughs> that this yeah. was happening. Well, like, just, seriously? Once again, going off that other documentary, he sort of comes across as this... Yeah, you know, get it. Let's get in. Let's get the shot. The, you, this part of the movie doesn't make any sense. I don't care. It's a for higher job. Is yeah. it in focus? Is yeah. it in frame? Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. 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 He's like that Kaufman guy from the Toxic Avenger, right. Lloyd Kaufman. So, no, I, I love me some Jack Shoulder. Again, there's talent in the movie, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I was, I was being mean to that one actress. I don't even necessarily think she's bad. It's just like a Fran Drescher, Rosie Perez thing. Yeah, there was yeah. something about her voice that was really grating to me, and yeah. that's unfortunate, but yeah. it's just true. It's not Kate Capshaw bad, but it's like that. <laughs> it's there. It's somewhere in there. Indy! Oh, Indy! Oh. I don't like Freddy's Revenge! Yeah. Nobody likes Freddy's, Freddy's Revenge, Revenge. Willie. <laughs> yeah.
so once upon a time, um, we were doing ranks of the best movies of the 80s. Mm-hmm. And because, like, I didn't want to cop out and, like, do ties or whatever, I, I ranked Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. I think it was fourth or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I sort of said, I almost feel like I should be putting Nightmare on Elm Street 3 here. Mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street 1 and 3 make such a complete piece mm-hmm. together. Like mm-hmm. like I said, it, it gives Elm Street the good ending that it deserved. Mm-hmm. And uh, it really utilizes the dream world in a way that every subsequent sequel is going to mm-hmm. largely fail to do for me. Mm-hmm. And I think most smartly, and I think the thing that really set a fire in kids' imaginations and maybe why Freddy ended up on Lunchboxes and why the next movie was the most profitable of the entire franchise, mm-hmm. it empowers the kids. Yeah. No longer are you helpless in your dreams. Mm-hmm. The big secret twist is that if you can lucid dream, if you can mm-hmm. harness your dream, if you can control your dreams, mm-hmm. in theory, you're every bit as powerful as Freddy. Because yeah. in the dream world, anything is possible. Mm-hmm. That's true for Freddy, but while you're dreaming, it's also true for, for you. you. Yeah. What kind of epic dreamscape battles could unfold mm-hmm. in this world? Mm-hmm. Well, let's ask Chuck Russell and Frank Darabont. Mm. who brought us the remake of The Fly Mm -hmm. subsequently to this Mm. and uh, I believe collaborated on the sequel they wrote the sequel to The Fly yes Eric Stoll's Son of the Fly whatever version but um, before Darabont really secured his legit filmmaker status with Shawshank Redemption a lot of his work was in B-movies Yep. and it was every bit as excellent as his subsequent work would be as far as I'm concerned yep Whereas I complained about part two abandoning everything that I thought was great and imaginative and deep about Nightmare on Elm Street, Mm -hmm. this movie takes advantage of it and even expands the mythology. Yep. Freddy Krueger being the son of a thousand maniacs. Yep. That's Dream Warriors. Yep. (laughs) Yep. And Heather Langenkamp comes back to finish the story and Nancy's sort of saga. Yeah. And she comes in as sort of the person to teach these kids yeah. how to fight Freddy. Yeah. She situates herself as the Gandalf uh, yeah. sort of character yeah. and necessarily dooms herself. Yeah. But when I watched this as a kid, I didn't understand narrative structure in that way. Yeah. So when, spoilers kids, when Nancy got it at the end of the movie... Yeah. My mind was legit fucking blown. Yeah. Like, I, I kept on waiting for that scene where Nancy was going to be alive. <laughs> like, yeah. and nope. It was if they were going to kill someone from the previous movie, they do it in the first reel. Yeah. Right? It's like the kill before the opening credits, usually. Yeah. So, this movie embraced all the things that we loved about Nightmare on Elm Street, and to me, at least in my young kid mind, broke some rules. Yeah. As well as. If the first movie ignited my imagination, this yeah. one just kicked down all the doors. Yeah. Now, what a Nightmare on Elm Street movie could be was, who knew? Like, Yeah, if you're going to kill your main heroine, and I'm looking at you, Halloween franchise, yeah. you got to do it the way you, they did it. Make it in, count. In Yeah, make it count. In, and they did it with in A Nightmare on Elm Street 3. You feel it. <laughs> a lot of people went, damn! 
But again, like from a story structure place, she was a safe character for us, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody felt safe when Nancy was around. She knew everything about Freddy. She knew yep. how to deal with Freddy. Yeah. She knew how to protect the you kids. You felt secure. Like all of a sudden it wasn't just a horror movie. This was a action sci-fi movie. I actually think this is the first X-Men movie before anyone else knew how to do it. It does sort of feel like kids sort of learning about kids learning their 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 power. Yeah. Or embracing their power, whatever yeah. that would be. Yeah. Again, choose your metaphor. Yeah. And um this is why I'm somewhat excited about the new mutants. <laughs> I'm thinking in some ways this could be the next dream warriors, but hey, that's a different theory. Well, here's hoping. <laughs> yeah. I'm not I'm not as Anything that's in development hell that long. But anyway, Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors. <laughs> There's what we find out to be a group of the, quote, last of the Elm Street children. So presumably the last of the children of the group of parents who yes. were involved in the murder of Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Have all ended up in this psychiatric facility slash sleep study. Yes. A new doctor has come to take care of them because yeah. of, they've noticed the symptom of the dreams being yeah. similar. And sorry to interrupt, and shame on us. Uh, also, I'm kind of glad Bob Shea and Wes Craven, you know, kiss and made made up and come back, because in a lot of ways, like, we have to give also him credit for this. For the well. premise, absolutely, yeah. Well, he's also a producer, man. Like, yeah. he was he was here from conception, so. Right. Oh, the, oh Freddy Krueger's his dude, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Credit where credit is due. Okay. Um, yeah, there is no credit through Wes, so I, I, I just said right. to stand up. Right, right. Uh, Big love to Wes Craven. If I if I if it sounds we like were, I'm shortchanging Wes, I do not mean to shortchange Wes. We were just coming to the whole sleep therapy thing. Yeah. That's Wes's idea. Yeah, and uh, Sorry, so I'm how are we going to treat? And why is the nightmare the thing that these kids are the most scared of? And like, why are these kids all quote committing suicide and suffering from anxiety and depression? Right? Yep. They're having a hard time getting their head around the fact that it's a dream demon, and they yep. they're still existing in the real world. Yep. So much so much to like here. Um, all of the kids are introduced in a very natural way. We have a new arrival in Patricia Arquette. Yep. So she gets a walk and talk through the facility. This is this character, and that's their thing. Yeah. This kid is in a wheelchair, and he likes Dungeons and Dragons. Yep. And this kid's kind of a comedian, and he makes puppets. Yep. And this girl is an ex-junkie who's trying to make a better life for herself. Jennifer Rubin, shout yep. out. Canadian talent, by the way. Gotta love that character. That was one of the ones that hurt for me. Watching it, I never liked seeing that character go when I was a kid. Yeah. I kind of yeah. liked her. Um, anyway, shout out to Jennifer Rubin, by the way. No one like ever ever shouts her out. Well, it's always good 80s, to see her. Eighties scream queen in a lot of ways, and it's always nice to see her. Yeah, um, <clears throat> Kincaid, another fan favorite. Yeah, and um, was it Billy, the kid who won't talk? Yes, Joey. Joey, not Billy. Sorry, thank you, so, Joey, the kid who doesn't talk. Yeah. Um, so. We the setup and the walk and talk really. We have the opening dream sequence with Patricia Arquette. Here's our new protagonist. This is the dream. Her wrists are cut by Freddy in the dream, but it looks like to her mother she's attempted suicide. Yeah. Off to the hospital she goes. Yeah. And right away we like these kids. Right away we understand the danger they're in. Yep. And the visual spectacle of the movie is good. The dream sequences are really like out there, Grand yeah. Gunia. Like, yeah, like they were. This was cutting edge stuff at the time that it was being shown in a lot of ways. That kid being turned into a living puppet, yeah, with his veins as yeah. the strings, yeah, is a hard watch to uh, this day. Vote. And he's one of the first people to go and right away, like they What's do a really good Chuck job. Yeager, man, or in the Chuck? No, 
Oh, sorry. We like that kid right away, and even though we don't <clears throat> have a lot of time with him, yeah. it kind of hurts to see him go. And yeah. all of the other kids witness it. They break the glass, but there's a cage in front of it, and they're just shouting at him, trying to wake him up as he's yeah. right at the edge of the drop. And the stakes are set up. And then Nancy shows up. And yep. then, you know, administrative difficulties. And this mysterious ghostly nun who keeps showing up to give That's some... That's right. Exposition. We get the introduction of the backstory here as yeah. well. Yeah. So there's a lot going on. And it's very efficiently told. Visually mesmerizing. Like you say, Patricia Arquette's first performance, we get to see Larry Fishburne as a nurse uh, in a small sort of supporting capacity in the movie. Yeah. Um, it's much... I, it just feels like a much cleaner movie than part two in a lot of ways, too. It just... Yeah. The production of it. Yeah. I don't know if it was that they spent more money or just maybe was that they were less at a dead run while they were shooting it. Really, my big complaint when I was a kid is that, like, the kids are given their powers and then a lot of them are almost immediately killed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that always bothered me. Mm -hmm. But... I mean, it also makes sense, too. Just because you understand the key to beating Freddy, your first at-bat shouldn't be getting in the ring with Freddy, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah no, you're going right, right to the Grandmaster. That's yes. right. I want to do a course correction, by the way, and I'm terribly sorry for interrupting. It wasn't Chuck. It was Kevin Yeager. Uh, so, for, so for all the sort of special effects. Who did nerds. effects for two as well, you mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, Kevin Yeager, by the way. So, right. sorry, folks. I just, you know... We want to be professionals, get things right. Other than maybe some of the Dream Warriors getting killed off faster than I would like it to, mm -hmm. there's just nothing that I didn't love about the movie as a kid, and yeah. I've never really changed my mind on it. So, yeah. where do you land? I'm like... Um, I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. I actually, this was one of the first Wes Craven movies I saw in at Plasriel Theaters. They did a... No, I saw it at the Waska Sioux Movie Theater way, way back in the day. They did a retro showing of it. Uh, and uh, weird side note, you could actually buy that movie theater now for, <laughs> if you want, ladies and gentlemen. So those listening to it, save that movie theater. It's a classic. Um, but no, I love it. I, I take it almost like a, I mean, it's a nightmare movie. Clearly a nightmare movie. Uh, this is also the start of the whole, you know, wisecracking, you know, one-lighter Freddy's. This is when this really shows up, for good or ill, if you want to say. He starts punctuating things yeah, with bitch a little bit. prime time. Yeah, and Welcome to Prime Time Bitch was yeah. the big sort of laugh line of the movie, yeah. and that is an unfortunate... And it ended up being an unfortunate thing. It's a great moment in the movie, this this woman who wants to be a, t uh, a, yeah. a star, TV staying up all night watching TV, watching lame interviews. Yeah. She falls asleep watching TV, very believable, and yeah. first the TV glitches out, then Freddie erupts and literally smashes her face through the screen. Yeah. Um, it was a great moment punctuated by, Welcome to Prime Time, bitch, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. But everybody would quote that out of the theaters, and some producer somewhere clocked that. Yeah. So, so when they were making four or five forward, yeah. Freddy's got to have a zinger. Henceforth, yeah. Freddy's got to not just kill him, he's got to make fun of them while he kills them, and it's yeah. got to be, quote, funny. Yeah. <laughs> and it works in this movie because they don't over, over salt, mm -hmm. but I think going forward, they kind of over pour. Yeah. I take it as a great adult comic book movie where the big sort of Magneto character is Freddy Krueger and all the rest are sort of X-Men characters. 
I don't know why I get sort of obsessed with this sort of connection with X Men and <laughs> Dream Warriors three, but really that's how I kind of take it. It's it's a it's a comic book movie in a lot of ways with great horror ideas. I don't think they would approach it that way, but it's similar in its structure. Yeah. I've said this before of lots of movies like that movie The Eye, <clears throat> yeah, where like. Yeah, she gets an operation after her eye vision's gone, and suddenly she can see dead people. It's like yeah, the yeah. origins of a superhero. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of a similar idea. Yeah, uh, really memorable stuff coming out of here. There was a famous Freddy prop, like a giant Freddy snake. Yeah, that tries Which to is a devour. Great special effect. By and the again, way. another one of those crazy dream things that yeah. doesn't make sense when you describe it, but while yeah. you're having the dream. Yeah. Apparently, the original design of it, that was yeah. more flesh-toned, yeah. was so penis-like <laughs> That's as right. to make people super uncomfortable. <laughs> so, like, they did, a, like, an on-set quick paint job yeah. and tried to shoot it from different angles to make it less look like this woman was being eaten by a giant dick. <laughs> That would make the Nightmare series probably the greatest homosexual horror series. It would be it would outgay the. In Chuck that and context, I wouldn't say homosexual at all. She's feared of the male genitalia, right? It's a female character. I guess but, so, but, but like, just. <laughs> all right, let's not make this. It's whole a very, thing. but anyway, a very phallic <laughs> image. <laughs> but you have to admit, if they went with that. Mm. But to me, okay. the the effect that's always the most disturbing to me is yeah. is is like the little yum yum mouths yeah. that show up oh. on Jennifer Rubin's arm. She yeah. was a junkie, yeah. And uh, Freddie turns his fingers into needles, yeah. That and was... she looks at her arms, and the track marks on her arms have turned into little mouths, making these like yeah. yummy, mm, yeah. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm, really disturbing. I yeah. when I watched it as a kid, I didn't really understand the concept of a junkie, even yeah. like needle drugs, the whole idea was foreign to me. Yeah. So it just read as mainly absurd or abstract yeah. to me, but man did that stick with me. Like yeah. I loved this movie, but I kind of hated that scene cuz yeah. those little mouths creeped me out and I didn't like seeing her die cuz yeah. like she's cool. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like I almost wish the Patricia, Patricia Arquette character died and she lived for me. Yeah. But yeah, no, no. There's some pretty awful deaths in this movie. Uh, we've already talked about the puppet one. Hers is pretty bad. The wizard, I think he gets had, cut. He just gets stabbed in, in the yeah. heart with the glove. But uh, again, he wolfs out, gets to be yeah. the wizard, hurts Freddy just for a second, yeah. and then gets overconfident and takes yeah. the glove to the heart. Yeah, uh, right, right, right. I love that they give a lot more to John Saxon as well. Yeah. I love, and who's the other actor, by the way? I, I, I always, I saw this guy in a Bigfoot movie I, once. He's in and that I movie Ghost Story a long time ago. And I recognized him from this, but Craig I Craig Wasson. He's Craig also Wasson. in that Brian De Palma movie. Uh, not his body doubles. Anyways, eh. Let's... Craig Wasson is the guy yeah. we're talking about. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I've bumped into him a few times before. He's sort of like one of those body that double, guy things. yeah. One of those that guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and he gets tied up with the story of, like, Freddy Krueger's mom and uh, this, what turns out to be super twist ghost, um, teaching him Freddy's backstory and telling him to find Freddy's remain and yeah. give it a proper Christian burial. Yeah. Another thing that I love about this movie that, like, people argue dates the movie or stands out as being strange. Mm-hmm. 
the stop motion skeleton. Yeah, that's like badass. the weird like Harry has the thing. It the skeleton looks great. If it, the, it's yeah. the blue screen stuff that actually like yeah. sell. Same thing. It. I find the same thing actually in in like the Evil Dead Two and yeah. Army of Darkness. It's not the stop motion that looks weird. It's the integration of the actual actor that makes gives away the gag. Yeah. But I just love stop motion, and yeah. I love that they decided to go that way, and they didn't have to, and yeah. they like they just they just embraced it. There was a lot of good ideas put into this script. Like, a lot, like, even like just the overall narrative. But I agree, like, that whole idea of making it all like the, the whole Harry Housen tribute, yeah, uh, to the seven voyages of Sinbad. That special effects that was, that it's was the a, only thing in the movie, in the movie that's yeah. done with that style of effect, yeah. And again, this is, I think, the thing that's weird about it is that this is one of the things that's quote happening in the real world. Yeah, John Saxon and Wasson have come to dig, find Freddy's body yeah. in this junkyard and yeah. bury it. Yeah, and the bones sort of form together. Yeah, and in a dream sequence, we might be more accepting of it. Yeah, but I just love that style of animation, yeah. and I just thought again that good call. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I was like <laughs> chin chin, yes. Even its little victory thing that it yeah, does. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was. So it nice throws touch. his hands in the air, and then all the the bones fall into a pile. He, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's well, and yeah. it's fun. Yeah, like it's controversial, but and especially like like uh, it feels like I'm contradicting myself because mm-hmm. I didn't include it in my '80s list. But mm-hmm. to me, my love for Elm Street Three might be greater. Than my love for Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. But I really do see them as two pieces of yeah. one sort of epic horror movie. Yeah. Elm Street 1 and 3 yeah. are as good as Elm Street gets. And yeah. I suspect as good as it will ever get. Yeah, yeah. Special shout out to that scene, by the way. And it's got a great opening sequence, even with the sort of building of the Popsicle Stick Straw House, uh, where she's running on that sort of bed. Patricia, Patricia Arquette is running on... on running away from Freddy. I think it's a hallway. And she starts running on that whole bed of flesh. She, she gets caught in it somehow. Do you remember, remember what I'm talking I think about? So, yeah. yeah, I thought that that's... Well, that's taken from... A lot of people have that dream where, you, you know, you're trying to run away and, and you're you not... Yeah, like that, that itself was a horrifying... It's like running through mud. I don't have that... Sometimes I feel like I need to defend myself in a dream and yeah. I want to punch somebody or, or push yeah. somebody away. Yeah. And just as I try to do it, I just have no strength in my arms. I just like... Yeah. Weak. Yeah. <laughs> not, not up to the defense. Yeah. So I think I've been pretty thorough in my praise. <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors. Yeah. Like... Like it's a, it, it completes Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. and in that way, it doesn't have the flaw that Nightmare on Elm Street does, which is arguably the ending. Like we said, the movie's so good that we forgive the ending, and it's still a quote classic horror movie. Yeah, but this movie rises to meet it, it and yeah. they didn't throw in the towel. They didn't look at number two and say, "Oh, they've already shat the bed. Why did why bother?" Yeah. No, they really put a lot of time, energy, effects, and yeah. imagination into yeah. making an epic fantasy horror apparently it was a very difficult shoot well it must have been they were really ambitious a lot of huge effects and like yeah new line was still like they put money into it because that was their cash cow but i don't think they were yeah they weren't they weren't like fox or paramount you know they were the little engine that could no i i have nothing but mad love for nightmare on elm street three it's i 
I think it's to me one of one of the best comic book horror movies ever made. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, we've already talked about Lawrence Fishburne, have we not? Yeah, I mentioned that he was in it. Yeah, yeah. and also this is Patricia Hitt's first movie. No, I have nothing but mad love for uh, the Dream Warriors. Uh, uh, it's it's hilarious best. how much he's sing on my podcast. I know. I have to like almost every. I might have to put a compilation <laughs> together sometime <laughs> of how often you dream, you, you will sing. I do. Do you have a secret desire? <laughs> Are you going to be a pop star in the wings? Uh, no. <laughs> we all I have do. dreams. I know. But I do. In your dreams, you can do anything. Yep. Dream Warriors taught me that. Yeah, I just think to all the Dokken fans out there. <laughs> Dokken. As Dokken. relevant Dokken? today. Sorry, I, yeah. was, was it Dokken or Dokken? I, I think it was Dokken. Dokken. As relevant today as they were yeah. in 1986. They're still together, by the way. <laughs> I actually checked that. They probably played Dream Warriors every Friday and Saturday night since 1986. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that? Hey, kids bar mitzvah. Just so sad. They, they, they're still working. Yeah. Hey, they're doing it with their love. They're doing it with their love. Do you know? What terror is. Hello. Do you live here? Nobody lives here. Real terror. How long has it been since you've been on Elm Street? Welcome to a brand new nightmare. He is the first in fear. I'm weirdly a defender of Rennie Harlan. Yeah, like I, I, not I all of the movies that he's done have been great, but yeah. almost all of the movies he's done have been entertaining. Yeah, like I said before. Cliffhanger is not a great movie, yeah. but it's a fun movie. Yeah. We I, I completely, have... like, way oversold Deep Blue Sea on our shark episode. <laughs> but did we, Larry? <laughs> did, did we, we really? Uh, he was practically very literally a starving artist at this point, and he landed the gig yeah. to direct. I'm also a big defender of The Long Kiss Goodnight, by the way. As most people should be. Yeah. Um, he was a starving artist, and he yeah. was lucky to get this gig. Yeah. Um, Apparently, he hounded them too. Well, he really wanted the job and like needed it. He was yeah. out of money. Yeah. Um, he went from being yeah like filthy and living in squalor after directing this movie to being offered to direct the next Die Hard film. Like yeah. this movie changed his world. Yeah. And it's a well-made movie, and it has great sequences in it. And yeah. God, does it piss me off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this was the first like Alien 3 thing for me when yeah. I was like, like Alien killed some sacred characters off in, yeah. before the opening, during the opening credits, like yeah. with indifference. And for me, the big hill to get over mm-hmm. is the wholesale execution of the surviving dream warriors in the yeah. first third of this movie yeah i know like they needed to pass the baton forward and they like they weren't yeah. going to repeat the cast and it's a horror movie so that's the easy thing that makes sense yeah but man as a kid and even to this day does that seem like wasted potential yeah like they could have or if you're going to kill them at least do it like they killed nancy make it count do it through yeah. the story don't just wipe them off the board and yeah. start over which is yeah. exactly what happens here yeah <clears throat> other than kirsten giving her powers to our new protagonist yeah 
they die like punks. Yep. And ironically, I, Kincaid was originally off. supposed to die in three, and they decided, no, we like Kincaid. Let's save him. Let's keep him around. Yeah. And then he dies insta kill in the yeah. next movie. Fucking... Maybe kill one, don't kill all of them. Yeah. It and it it really did put a bad taste in my mouth to the point okay. like I didn't like the movie. Mm. But here's the thing. Looking at it now and getting over that hump and just watching it is another installment of A Nightmare on Elm Street. Does it use the dream world? Yes, it does. In an imaginative way. It's not all just a chick in a boiler room, as I keep saying. Yeah. Is there imagination in it? Yes. Is it well directed? Yes. Yeah. Rennie Harlan knows what the fuck he's doing. And yeah. he's doing a special effect extravaganza again yeah. at a dead run on a low budget. Yeah. There's some really great stuff in the movie. Yeah. I can't help but be a little bit disappointed, and it's not 100% there. Mm -hmm. It's the most successful movie, like, financially, yeah. by far. But it's at least a full letter grade down mm. from Dream Warriors. Mm -hmm. At least. Mm -hmm. At least. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a fun enough watch, and mm -hmm. Freddy kills some dumb teenagers, but... Mm -hmm. By the time we get into the nuts and bolts with the new cast and new kids, my arms were folded and I was frowning at the movie. Okay. And on some level, I never completely got over it. Yeah. But the movie is better than that review would suggest. Yeah. That's where I start. They should have waited to make this movie. I, I know it was sort of, you know, a cash cow, you got to pump them out. But there was enough goodwill with number three to bring in one of the first mistakes is they had to recast apparently for we don't know the reason why but Patricia Arquette wasn't going to return for number four I, I possibly scheduling whatever but she wasn't a huge actor at that point so whatever it, reason she wasn't coming back yeah when she's not busy bring her in it's always sad when and that's the same problem with Halloween in a lot of ways when they they, they couldn't get um, Danielle Harris to reprise her role the continuity is off it's just it's not the same it's yeah not we the have same. somebody else playing kirsten for the first few yeah. scenes and yeah. it's so clearly not because good yeah. i'm not saying hire a doppelganger but no one's yeah. being fooled by this you yeah know? yeah even, even when they're trying to force that whole hey we've been friends for a long time like kirsten just... got transferred to a different school and now we have you know kincaid and bill yeah. Or, um yeah what's his face yeah <laughs> yeah yeah joey yeah, yeah. no um, it feel yeah, it feels rushed, and I, I think they even ran out of money at one point. Mm -hmm. Well, like towards the end of it, yeah, like they were struggling to finish shots on time. I, I can't remember on the documentary they said like they stopped when they finally stopped production or were stopped production. Yeah, it was just under three months to release. Oh wow! And the poster was made and designed by the time that they were starting shooting. Like the yeah. poster art was already printed. Wow. Like the, 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 the the date of release was started. That's when the whole yeah. movie was made at a dead run. Yeah. And that didn't help it. Yeah. Some people you yeah, know, had to wait. Sometimes people, you know, exceed or, or strive yeah. through adversity. Yeah. But again, first project, Freddy Krueger, coming off the back of a great success. Yeah. You're right. Ease into it. Take a breath. Yeah. Take a breath. The the people will wait a year. Yeah. People will like Yeah. Yeah. They would they would if you build it, they, they will come. come. Um, so what does work? Yeah. Well, well, our main character, Alice, now gets the powers of the dream war. Yeah. Years. Yeah. So she has a little bit more agency in fighting Freddy. Mm -hmm. And as her other friends 
We've right. given the legend of the Dream Master. More of this universe has opened up. Yeah. But as her other friends are being killed off, uh, and Freddy's absorbing their yeah. powers. Yes. She, presumably, she's sort of the, quote, good version of Freddy. Yeah. She also seems to be getting the effect of her friends and her brother and her right. other people's skills. Yeah. <laughs> There's a really kind of funny scene where she's practicing with nunchucks. Yeah. Where the cutting to the back into the actual actress. Yes. Like, there's no way she's any good with yeah. nunchucks at yeah. all. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. the awkwardness with which she's handling the nunchucks to yeah. the reverse shot when it's, like, yeah. ninja shit going on yeah. is kind of unintentionally hilarious <laughs> to me. They just shouldn't have bothered. They should just admit it and get, like, some African-American man in the back shot. And just, like, that That would have been perfect. <laughs> Please. Anyways, sorry, I digress. And they start in down the path uh, that you'll see where, and we, you know, the ironic kill. Like in, yeah. I don't know, there's that uh, prom night movie. The girl who drinks a lot gets a beer bottle shoved yeah. down her throat, right? Yeah. A girl with asthma gets, sucks face with Freddy, right? Yeah. Like they kind of use the ironic fates, start being poured into this yeah. movie. This this is where that becomes a little bit I more. I enjoy the little Kafka ref- reference with the, the, with the cockroach. That is the most disgusting sequence yeah. of the movie by a Bravo, though. Like, bravo. Just the idea and concept and execution. I do love that sequence. And I, I'm i not sure. Like In my head, it seems like every one of the movies going forward has one particular kill yeah. that's, like, particularly nasty and FX-heavy that's sort of, like... I mean, there's all these, these kill centerpieces, but yeah. there's sort of the one... The puppet kill in part three is that to me. Yeah. And I think that this bug kill that was the attempt at one of this in the next movie, the, the chick with the eating issues. They all start to Well, and together. four and five, again, hold hands in a way that one and three do, and that they're yeah. directly connected with characters still yeah. crossing over through to them. Yeah. Um, and there are little beats that work. I kind of like that moment where her brother sticks his head out and says hi during the funeral. Yeah. Yeah, that was good, too. Just to, like... Yeah surreal little moment like that works there's stuff that works in the movie and like the yeah the woman's afraid of cockroaches yeah and so like there's a lot of ways to go with that you know they're going to incorporate bugs into her death yeah there's a lot of ways that you can go with the cockroach thing and i was thinking like creep show sure or like you know freddy will turn into a big bug yeah yeah no she turns into a bug yeah and like the way her arms snap back yep. and the worms yep. come out of it and it's a really slow process and then yep. she just gets squished by a bug with yep. Freddy. Yep. Like, <clears throat> again, I love the imagination of that Bravo. scene. Bravo, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, like there's just the special effects. Where, um, where do you land on the acting? Uh, well, our original Dream Warriors were fine. You know, Kincaid and... Well, they're returning yet. They yeah. Were, Definitely more comfortable in front of the camera now and grown yeah. a little bit more grown up. Yeah. I'm sort of up and down on Alice. I think, weirdly, that actress yeah. is significantly better yeah. in the next movie than I she agree. is in I this. agree. She's, we seem, she seems to be learning the ropes here. Yeah. Um, she's not bad. It's sort of a similar Nancy thing to me, yeah. although she kind of improves her name. Heather Langenkamp sort of always remains Heather Langenkamp to me. Yeah. There's just something about her delivery and the yeah. way... There she is. Yeah, it's yeah. fine, but it's, yeah. I'm not like, wow, she yeah. completely disappeared into it for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, in this movie, like, she's adequate. In the next movie, I actually she's think also she's... also very timid, that's why. Yeah. Well, and weirdly, she has more of an arc in this movie than she does in that one. But yeah. maybe she's just more comfortable once she's leveled up. 
Yeah. That might be it. She doesn't like playing the meek and the, the mild. But yeah. once she gets her power, once she gets her agency, and once she can, yeah. like, punch back, yeah. then she gets energized. And so in the next movie, when Freddy comes back, she sort of comes out swinging in that way. Yeah. I also like what they do with the father. Um, I mean, it it's kind of comes full circle in, in number five. And I know it's sort of a cheesy, stereotypical rule. Do you think he's an alcoholic because... Um, he's somewhat connected with killing Freddy at all or who knows? Uh, well, not canonically because we were told implicitly that in dream warriors, they were the last of the Elm street children. Uh, so at this point, Freddy's just killing Elm street kids. Cause that's what he did when he was regular Freddy. Okay. Uh, as far as I remember, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm getting uh, confused yeah. again. This is the one that has the time loop sequence in it. Yes, that's right. That's that, right. that was a pretty good, good cool idea. Mm-hmm. No, I just I really yeah. like that again idea, and it's another dream thing. Yeah. It apparently, I've never had that, but apparently, yeah. time loops or, or time sinks is a common thing. Is a common thing yeah. in dreams where people who are tripping balls or whatever yeah, like yeah. that, they just get stuck in one thing and can't get their head out of it. Yeah. And Freddy abusing that to yeah. buy himself some time, I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. It makes him more cunning. Yeah. Um. Uh, side note, though, I really hated how Freddy came back in this movie. It, it, it seemed like a slap in the face. That's the that, dog too. That's it takes the a dog. Piss. Yeah, Kincaid's dog comes out and just bites Kincaid, and then up and like lifts and pisses out fire. And as far as I know, it's never explained. Yeah, like why he came back and how that was the way he just needed. Yeah, the, the ground was concentrated for so long, me. but yeah. somehow the dog peeing there deconsecrated. There no explanation given yeah. or offered or ever attempted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. Thanks, jerks. Yeah, no. I definitely get how people saw that Rennie Harland was a talent that needed to you know yeah. get get work and like. I get that it was a big box office hit. I do think it owes a lot of its success from the goodwill that came off of the back of part three. Mm-hmm. And people really like this movie. I mean, I'm harder on the movie than most people are, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> um, but again, just don't do that. Don't do if you if you really have to kill off beloved characters for yeah. whatever reason because you're losing an actor or because you want to pass the torch. Yeah. At least. Do the fans the service of making those deaths count? Yeah. Like, like, giving them some like real purpose. You yeah. Know? They already even went Joey goes so out much. as a punk. The only like, I thought it was kind of funny that once again Joey's uh, lure yeah. had to do a titty. Yeah. <laughs> in the third movie, uh, he gets lured by a sexy nurse in Freddy form, and in this one, he has a very literal wet dream on his waterbed. Right. <laughs> I remember this now. Yes. <laughs> anyway, it. It does what we want a Nightmare on Elm Street movie to do. It gets the job done. But like I said, the first third of the movie is a hard zit for people who really love the Dream Warriors. If you're in it for the special effects and seeing Freddy do his thing and the cheesy Freddy one-liners, which are on full fucking display oh yeah no these are some of the best and like where they get like that wasn't funny or close to funny, Mm -hmm. was it even funny in the room? Are they giving him these lines because it's funny because it's not funny after a point? Yeah. Like, Welcome to Prime Time, bitch, might still be his best one. <laughs> yeah. And they keep trying. Yeah. They just keep trying. Yeah. But I will, uh, instead of being angry like I was when I was a kid, I will just call it adequate. <laughs> That's where I wash up at four now. No, uh, I, I agree with you. That it, there is some sort of disappointment that it 
didn't have quite the same fun even that number three had. Yeah. Um, but it's Rennie Hardland. Yeah. Thank you, Rennie. His mother was a God-fearing woman. His birth was an unspeakable horror. Please don't let him do that! His life and death have been one incredible nightmare. <laughs> but now all that is going to change because Freddy wants to become a daddy. Wanna make babies? What's wrong with me? You're just a little pregnant. Even if he has to adopt. No! Do unborn babies dream? When it comes to chills. It happened while I was awake. When it comes to screams. The part just start. When it comes to pure terror. Bone appetite. <laughs> no one delivers like Freddy. Better buckle up. A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child. It's a boy! When it comes to terror, remember, Freddy knows best. Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child. Yeah. Directed by Stephen Hopkins. And Stephen Hopkins is a sad story, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. His entire career is almost built to films that are almost but not quite. Yeah. Like, is Judgment Night a good movie? Almost, but not quite. Is no. Blown Away a good movie? Almost, Almost but, but not, not quite. quite. Is Predator 2 a good movie? Almost, Almost but not quite. quite. It's his fucking life's work. Other than Lost in Space, which is just wall-to-wall -wall fucking terrible. Yeah. Is Ghost in the Darkness a good movie? Almost, yeah. but not quite. quite yeah. So, Lost guess... In space. <laughs> guess I, I just mentioned that. Guess oh. how I feel about this movie. Is Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child, a good movie? Almost, but not, not quite. quite. Yeah. Where, where did it go wrong? Well, I mean, it does a good job of like successfully bridging from the previous movie. We still have Alice and her boyfriend, so bland that I don't remember his name over yeah, two Johnny movies. Yeah, Johnny Football. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the jock guy. Yeah. She's pregnant. She's uh, outside of high school, and she's starting to deal with the adult world. Yeah. And Freddy seems to be coming back. She feels it like something's yeah. going on. Yeah. And she doesn't know quite where it is. Um, yeah. And the smart play is that, unlike the previous movie, the way Freddy gets back in, the sneaky backdoor way he gets in, yeah. is that he's actually initially not fucking with Alice. Yeah. He's fucking with her baby. Yeah. And put that with like the anxiety of what pregnancy must be yeah. the physical horror yeah. you could have there's a lot of stuff they can do with that yeah but they kind of miss the potential of that both the the fear of pregnancy and motherhood yeah and the the absolute horror of like that seed being perverted by something evil yeah and then Freddie Freddie becoming this de facto father figure to this kid but before he's actually born yeah Interesting ideas, unfortunate execution, don't like to be mean to child actors, wasn't buying the child actor kid a lot yeah. in the movie, 
and it almost became more about the kid than it did yeah. about Alice. Yeah. Instead of Alice getting like leveling up again and taking ownership and like you're not the kid's father. I'm the kid's father. You yeah. you killed that kid's father. Yeah. I'm going to be the kid's mother. I felt like it should be Alice's story to me. Yep. Yeah. And it's her unborn kid's story, which in a way I guess is fair cuz Freddy attacked the kid first. Yeah. But like we don't have access to the kid. He's he's about a, a clump of cells at this point when we first meet him, right? Yeah. This is some sort of dream projection of what presumably he will look like when he's I don't know seven or eight. Yeah. <clears throat> but we get lost in the mud of this. Yeah. So that ends up not working for me. Yeah. But there's some really cool sequences in it. Yep. When her boyfriend spoilers gets killed killed off by getting turned into this man machine hybrid motorbike it crashes. Painful. Ugly, painful, and we've been with this guy for a movie already. So yeah. and again, unlike the Dream Warrior ones, he he just found out that he was a new father and he yeah. was rushing to, you know, warn his girlfriend and yeah. try to protect her, and he has this terrible death. Yeah. It counts. Yeah. It's like an oh shit. It's yeah. not like the inevitable thing we have to kill him to get off the board. Like, this counts yeah. a little bit. Yeah. There's a great sequence in a movie theater yeah. where she gets sucked into the screen and everything goes black and white. And, like, the visual aesthetic of things like this. Like, yeah. the isolated sequences. sequences is good, too. I like the, like, the concept of it, too. Yeah. I felt like we were robbed of the violence of the scene. Yeah. Um, and again, we have this horrifying sequence where this woman is fed to herself. Yeah. Like, yeah. first she's force-fed, and then yeah. she's basically starting to be fed herself. Yeah. And again, it's another character. We don't have a lot of time with her, but we kind of like Greta when we meet her. Yeah. And, like, she's a spoiled kid, but she's not, like, a Paris Hilton type. She, like, yeah. she's got layers, and then she chokes to death at the family dinner, but we yeah. know it was Freddy. That was a good sequence. Mm -hmm. And... Um, you know, I kind of, you know, those stuff work. But yeah, we got the Freddy one-liners, and then we got the sort of child acting and the less than spectacular sort of climax to the movie. Yeah. I, almost, but not quite. <laughs> I will say this about number five, though. It brings the nastiness and the horror... Or A little bit back, for back. sure. There's that whole abortion subplot that kind of gets under your skin. At least for me, it gets under your skin. Yeah. Like, that's kind of creepy. Really bizarre opening credits, by the way. We have that lovemaking going on. Oh, right, on. that's right. Yeah, like, it, it's not sexy. It's kind of weird, sweaty, ugly. <laughs> like, just even how some of the body sh body sh shapes in the movie... There's one where I couldn't decide whether like that's rib or stomach. I don't know. And Am just... I doing it wrong? This is totally an aside, but yeah. in a lot of movies, people seem to be caked in sweat <laughs> while yeah. they're making love. Yeah. I don't find that often. Am I doing it wrong? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I really don't know how to answer that. Maybe they're just Asian. young teenagers in love. They're really committed to the bit. Do you want me to be, be your sex coach? Though? Yeah. This is the point where it's become a little bit easy. We know what to expect from Robert Englund. Yeah. And he gives us that. Yeah. Nothing more. Yeah. Nothing less. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the movies are, again, the I, I, I guess I understand the instinct to not go way deep into the, like, pregnancy stuff. Yeah. Because that could get to a little bit ickier place than take some of the fun out of the movie. Yeah. But I don't see Freddie blanching at it. Right? Mm. Freddy's a pretty hands-on, bad, you know, 
child murderer, presumably sexual yeah. predator. Yeah. So he won't blanch at it. So in that way, it seems he's a little strange. He's actually hitting the below does. the belt. He's like going straight for the fetus. So yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it's a tough thing. Again, the visualization of it becomes tricky. Too. Yeah. <laughs> right. We could get right down to the nuts and bolts and the plumbing. You know. <laughs> Do we want to get there? Do we want to go there? Yeah. 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 So. I don't know. I don't know. It's a tough movie for me to get my head around. Like, I like Nightmare on Elm Street as an entity. So yeah. seeing Freddy do his thing is sort of, yeah. you know, comfort food. Like, it's watchable. It's not as, like, earth-shattering, gobsmackingly, like, insultingly awful as some of the stuff we see subsequently. Yes. <laughs> oh. But it's really hard oh. to get excited about. It seems like the movie, the film series was exhausted. It was running on fumes. And I think they even mentioned that in the documentary that the, re- the return for this movie wasn't as strong as they hoped. Right. It did sort of come quickly on the heels of number four. It felt very much rushed. Like, even from the script idea, it had some really good ideas that didn't quite gel. So, once again, just like almost if they'd. Waited uh, instead of doing it the yeah. next year. Yeah, give it another twelve. Months, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Give it another twelve months. Yeah, like like a good glass of wine. Let it breathe a little bit. They would have come back. Right for Freddie. You know, like if they came for four. You know. Again, almost interesting thing. Another thing that I kind of thought was cool was that like they graduated high school and we're entering yeah. the quote unquote real world. Yeah. So we were sort of not dealing necessarily just with. Well, I guess we're still dealing with teenagers, but not the typical. Yeah. We're not going to have the scene where they fall asleep in class or the scene with the bully in the hallway or this. Yeah. The series is growing up a little bit with its audience. Yeah. Which is a good, like, maybe another idea. Yeah. Maybe Freddie, now that he's taking care of the Elm Street kids, maybe he doesn't have to limit himself to children. Maybe, you know, who else does he have a bone to pick with? I don't know. But aren't are, are they, like, Aren't they technically Elm Street kids as well, though? They're from Elm Street. They live in that town, Springwood, as they've called it. But again, in part three, we were told that those groups, that group, was the last of the Elm Street children. So I sort of presumed going forward from that point, it was just Freddy doing his thing. Like by the next movie, he's killed every kid in the fucking state. Right? But like, they're still the last one. They lied to but us. But not every parent in the yeah. fucking city yeah. was involved in yeah. killing. So it's yeah. just, I think, the wholesale slaughter of the innocents again. Okay. Uh, it's, he's still going to kill people, but he killed those other ones for personal reasons. Yeah. Now it's all for pleasure. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Lovely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm doing short shrift on it, but I don't know what else to say. I, I, I don't even dislike Stephen Hopkins. Like, it was such an unflattering to be... One thing that he did do that was actually pretty decent was mm-hmm. the uh, the Peter Sellers biopic on HBO. With, oh, uh, right, 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 right. With Jeffrey Rush. Yeah. And, like, I don't think he's untalented. There's always a great sequence or two in these movies. Predator 2 has some really cool stuff in it. Yeah. As much as, like, I don't like Emilio Estevez, Judgment Night has some really cool stuff in it. Yeah. But, I don't know. Like, I've sort of been weirdly cheering for him because, like, I get that he's talented, but he just never gets the right script. Mm. And, like, he... 
he could have got the Rennie Tarlin treatment, right? It must have been really exciting to get the gig after, like, Rennie Harlan. He directs The Nightmare on Elm Street. Then he's, like, directing Die Hard in the next... This is going to be my ticket in, baby. You know, you know what uh, I see in your future? What's that? Uh, a Stephen Hopkins apology episode on Rankin Review. <laughs> <laughs> Where I revisit and it yeah, turns out that Blown go, Away I'm, isn't I, stupid. I was so wrong. No. I'm so f- sorry, Stephen. No, no. This is, this is my love note to you. Alas. But, yeah, in the end of the day, if I'm going to watch a lame Stephen Hopkins movie, it'll mm-hmm. probably be the ghost in the darkness over this. Yeah. Two story. Good enough? Good enough. Has an Elm Street. <laughs> Make your mind or go for it. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little soul, too. We're gonna have to hit him with everything we've got. Now I'm playing with power. We're in Twin Peaks here. Me and him. You want to live? Maggie, watch out! What's with kids today, huh? Freddy's dead. The final nightmare. They saved the best for last. Whereas I'm having a hard time articulating how I felt about the Dream Child, like it's kind of meh, it's kind of bland sauce or whatever. I have no hesitation or anything like this about Freddy's Dead, (laughs) the final nightmare. This is a fucking garbage fire. This is an abortion. This is absolutely wow. brutal. You're starting brutal. Wet. Ooh, you're getting like, wet. I, I am shocked, yeah. and I feel bad for uh, Rachel Talale, 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 however you say that uh, name. Rachel Talahay. Talahay. <clears throat> She's been working around the Nightmare on Elm Street in, she came in, up to the, in the wings. From the beginning, yeah. From the very beginning, she yeah. wants to be a director, and she finally, yes, gets. Yeah. We're gonna do Freddie. And this is clearly a film by committee. This is a, yeah. this is a soup of ideas and themes and tones yeah. all thrown together. And it's shocking. The real question that I want to ask you is, like, yeah. is this really the worst standalone entry in a franchise? Or do we have to still give that prize to... Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> oh, I hate uh, even saying it. Oh, oh, oh. But honestly, Freddy's Dead is that bad. Dirty. It is like it is resurrection like level disrespectful to the series. I know that it is canon that this is how Freddy quote dies and is sent to hell to yeah. set up the events of yeah. Freddy versus Jason, yep. and that no course correction has ever been done on this. They don't is, even bother explaining how he comes back. It's infuriating. The yep. whole movie is infuriating, and it's yep. trying to be smug and it's trying to be funny. Yep. And worse than that, it's trying to be hip and nineteen ninety whatever it was. But that's the part of the problem is that Freddy's popularity was done 
at that point. Like everyone was sort of tired of Freddy, so why why go to that well? Why? Unlikable characters, yep. telegraphed plot twists. Yeah. And you talk about overplaying your hand with like the silliness cartoon nature. Yep. This is Freddy on a broomstick dressed like the Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah. And your little soul, too. Yeah. And Wiley Coyote bits where he's pushing a big rack of spikes for someone to land on as they fall out of the sky. Yeah. It's embarrassing. Yeah. It's fucking embarrassing. Yeah. And, like, even when it's trying to be all meta and funny, they're throwing a Johnny Depp cameo at you. Yeah. The always relevant and never bad to have in your movie, Tom Arnold and Roseanne Barr. Yeah. This will always be good for our movie. Yeah. And, like, the whole world they're creating where it's just adults, all the kids are gone, but the adults are crazy. Yeah. I don't know if this is, like, leftovers from the era of Twin Peaks where everything needed to be weird and off and, like, I hate it. I hate it so goddamn much, Lee. Yeah. It fucking infuriates me. Yep. It outsucks the remake significantly. I didn't think Bold that going words. in. Bold. I didn't think that going in to rewatch this, yeah. Yeah. but it absolutely outsucks. Is there anything in this movie that is frightening? No. Is there any cathartic payoff or any sort of satisfaction? Yeah, they got him. Freddy is dead. Yeah. The twist of the main character uh, being both his daughter and not the main character that we start with. Yeah. Does that is that satisfying, or did it feel like any kind if of aha? It, it landed like a lead ball, really. Yeah, Fat Coda's in the movie. Yeah. Not sure why. Yeah. Not sure what he contributes. Well, Lisa Zane also apparently was, you know, kind of. I never was an Ellie Law fan, but she was. Well, had she some, has something to do in yeah. the movie. Yeah, that, that's true. honestly, I'm like. What is Yafat Koda's role in the movie? I like him as an actor, but yeah. what does he contribute? He shows up at the end, doesn't he? Well, he's involved in the final fight, but I yeah. mean, as far as the narrative of the story, like... Nothing. He's not helpful, particularly. No, it's no. not his movie. It's not about him. He Anything basically that, listens. Yeah. He shows up, doesn't believe, then yeah. eventually does believe, and then yeah. kind of helps out a little bit at the end, but like... Yeah. The whole sequence of the video game, now oh. we're playing with power. Yeah. Straight up embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah, um, what's that actor's name as well? Another Canadian who dies in the video game. Oh, um, Brecken Meyer. Brecken Meyer. Bre- yeah, poor Brecken Meyer. Oh, even like the sort of kitty special effects they do with that. That's that's just wrong choices. Wrong choices. Okay, here's the thing. You're making essentially a black comedy, where your lead comedian is a child molesting serial killer who delivers punchlines. Did you really think that was going to work? Also, this is on the promise of we're killing Freddy. Yeah. Like we've been here before. Jason yeah. the Friday thirteenth the final chapter yeah. was very clearly not the yeah. final chapter and nobody in their hearts believed this was gonna be the last nightmare in Elm Street movie. Yeah. But we're gonna kill Freddy for real. Yeah. We're going to do a whole sequence in 3D, yep. which is fucking awful, by the way. <laughs> like, <laughs> even when it came out, by yeah. all counts, anybody who was unlucky enough to see this in theater, everybody said, everybody said that the 3D was miserable. Even yeah. on the big screen, it was yeah. miserable. I don't know what your experience of it was. Uh, I remember thinking it was kind of cool at the time, but I mean, anything 3D to me was cool. So, um, 
in the video transfer, in the good. version you watch now, you don't have the benefit of the 3D. Yeah. And these, like, three worm head things yeah. that get re... We I thought that was ridiculous, though. And again, we, we it's suggested in Jason Goes yeah. to Hell. Yeah. This is... I think they were trying to cross-pollinate the yeah. franchises with those things. Yeah. Man, did those things explode out of Freddy? And Freddy was never really Freddy. He was these three little demon snake things that squirm away screaming yep and then freddy's head explodes but his own head comes out of his mouth and explodes again <laughs> like <laughs> were you guys fucking high you were high yeah you were high yeah how much cocaine was on that fucking set <laughs> you guys like can you imagine it the really feels Gordon's? like they stopped trying <laughs> that's what it feels like to it, me it feels like it's a giant comedic homage to how much we you know Freddy Krueger was this pop culture icon. Like all, this is to all the fans and to all the, you know, merchandise, you know, who bought all the merchandise. It, it just feels like a bad version of the player in a lot of ways. It's just. I wasn't uh, satisfied with the death of Freddy Krueger. Yeah. And that should be a big thing. I mean, it's yeah. not the death of Han Solo or something yeah. like that, but like, make it count. Yeah. Make, if you're killing yeah. Freddy make us go damn yeah even if honestly even if most of the rest of the movie sucks sort of like yeah. even if like in Freddy vs. Jason yeah I don't, I'm not saying it's true but if I thought the rest of the movie sucked yeah if as long as they paid off on the Freddy vs. Jason fight yeah no one would give a fuck yeah and I honestly think oh we would have forgiven a lot if that ending actually paid off and it yeah. was like yeah they dusted Freddy good and true well played <laughs> not nope at nope Oh no. yeah, not at, at all. all. Yeah, no. Yeah, this was an air ball from conception and throw. And the, the goofy humor makes when they try serious stuff it just yeah. be disingenuous. One of the characters has a theme of physical and sexual abuse. Yeah, and like Doesn't counterbalanced it? with Tom Arnold and Roseanne Barr being yeah. all fucking top and ridiculous. Yeah, what's that doing there? It's kind of cool to see a flashback, I guess, of Alice Cooper as Freddy's dad. Yeah, whipping him. Whipping yeah. him and all of that. But, I mean, it. that's it. It's just interesting. It's not amazing. It's not yeah. awesome. And yeah. it doesn't add much to him. Freddy got beat by his dad, and he grew into liking it. Yeah. Okay, sure. I'll give Freddy's dead this. I like the idea that Freddy has become such a problem that it, you know, the government is now aware <laughs> there's a database involving Freddy, and he's being tracked, if you will. There's a certain section of the map yeah. where all of the kids are gone. Yeah. And I believe it's implied that the guy in the plane, it's because he happened to fly over the airspace that mm. Freddy was able to catch him. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I do actually kind of like the idea of that opening sequence, even like the sort of falling down the hill with the opening credits. I knew we were in trouble then when that opening credits happened and like the, the humor just kept on going, but I digress. And the balance is off, even if yeah. they were going to be bold and say, let's give them the benefit of the doubt yeah. and say they're just making brave choices. Yeah. You still need to balance it. Yeah, I know. If you're gonna have the goofy and you're gonna have the serious, you're gonna you need to measure yeah. the proportions, yeah. and it's yeah. not at all. No. Every scene is whatever that scene's gonna be at that moment. Yeah. And again, like I said, it feels like they just gave up. 
this is the best we'll do for today. What are we doing tomorrow? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, nobody knows. We'll find out when we get here. And really, like, there was enough goodwill. There was a storyline from 4 and 5. Are we made to think that the characters... like Presumably the, Alice is dead. Presumably. See, like, no, you got to show that. You gotta show that. No. Even no, no. if you didn't like four and five, like they spent enough time to have that arc. Nothing. When you're making a nightmare, else, who, who, who do you get your money from? What is your bread and butter? It's your fan base. Yeah. What are your fan base like? What yeah. What did they want yeah. out of a Nightmare on Elm Street? Theory? What have they admonished you for in the past? Yeah. What has worked and what hasn't? Yeah. And this is the last installment, presumably at that time. That's how yeah. they were treating it. However yeah. unrealistic that was. Yeah. That this is what they came up with yeah. is the equivalent of phlegmy spitting snotty spit into the face of the fandom. Yeah. I can't imagine screening. This movie is bad enough. Remember, I, I recently reviewed the Texas Chainsaw Massacre of the Next Generation? Yeah. That was shelved. It yeah. was literally going to disappear. Yeah. And then Matthew McConaughey and Renelle Zellweger became famous. Yeah. So it was pulled out of its... This movie is so bad, it probably shouldn't have been released. Like, mm -hmm. I'm amazed that when they had the screening with yeah. the producers and everything like that, yeah. there wasn't, like, a fucking all-stop. Too much money must have been spent, but, yeah. like, I, I, I'm honestly, like, I've never heard anyone defend it. I've actually yeah. heard people defend Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> I've heard people defend it. They're wrong, yeah. but I've heard them defend it. I have never heard anyone defend <laughs> Freddy's dead. Oh, I've seen the odd, uh, you know, online review, but yeah, you know, they're schmucks. They're schmucks. They're and schmucks. like, or, or maybe because you saw it when you're ten. Yeah. Like, there's a whole generation of people who really love Doctor J Giggles because it was their first horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. If that was your first horror movie, okay, I yeah. guess I'm a little sad for you, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> we all have to start somewhere. But better Doctor Giggles than Freddy's Dead. Mm -hmm. I know that I've been fucking brutal. Like yeah. I get that. I usually try to find something good to say. Like the closest outcome, I guess, is that scene with Alice Cooper. <laughs> but I am fucking flabbergasted. Yeah. I am appalled and insulted. See, like, I, I, I take it personal. Yeah. No, no. I think the true fans would uh, <laughs> come in going, what? Fuck you, you. New Line Cinema. Yeah. Fuck you, Rachel Tahalha, whatever the fuck your name is. Yeah. Fuck you to all of the three dozen writers that there must have been. No. Like, fuck all of that. Yeah. Like, yeah. And they had time. There was years before this, before five and this was released. How bad is it? I think that it's bad enough that if someone told me that there was some spiteful producer involved in it yeah. who calculated, tried to sabotage this production, I would believe it. It's so bad that I think if you hired a professional filmmaker to make a worse Nightmare on Elm Street movie, tell them when you hired them, <laughs> I want a worse movie than this, fucking Steven Spielberg couldn't do it. No living... Like, you couldn't make a movie this bad on purpose. Yeah. It's a naked catastrophe. So I go back to where I started. Is it worse than Resurrection? <laughs> um... So, uh, if Rachel Tyler is listening to this, Larry, Larry Parsons' email is Larry dot nevermind. Oh, it's more the script than the directing. Like, yeah. I don't think it's technically necessarily that yeah. the directing is incompetent, but yeah. that's not what anybody wants from a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. And if you've been working in the Nightmare on Elm Street world for as long as she had, 
Yeah. How do you not know that? Yep. Like, yep. I'm just going to give her the benefit of the doubt and say it was too many yep. cooks. There was a producer who insisted on this. There was a producer. Yep. We have to do the Now You're Playing With Power. That's yep. happening. We yep. have to do it. Yep. And I want the Wizard of Oz reference. I, I had this dream once where I fell out of a tr- plane and landed on a bed of spikes. Yep. And God damn it, put it in the movie or you're fired. Yep. Like, that's what it feels like. Yeah. It's also acknowledging that Freddy... Is a move is a movie character like yeah. it, it does break that fourth wall and it just doesn't work uh, like just just from concept and idea just no no is it worse than Halloween Resurrection that's a very good question I'm prejudiced because I have a lot more love and respect for Halloween it's just a little more my jam in a lot of ways with love and respect for Nightmare I just can't. They killed Nancy the right way in number three, where they kill like the most loved character besides Michael Myers. This is going to be controversial, and I hope it doesn't hurt your feelings, but this is my case for why Freddy's dead is worse Okay. than Insurrection. Insurrection is... Not Insurrection, Resurrection. Resurrection, sorry. Resurrection. I I hate it so much, I don't even want to say it's fucking... Okay. okay. All right. We'll go I, with I, that. I don't want anyone to confuse this with me defending. Okay. <laughs> okay. No. 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 I, the I first understand. fifteen minutes of that movie is so nakedly insulting to fans yes. that, like, yes, it deserves every bit of the hate, that shit kicking that we gave it. Yeah. And that ending is yeah. almost equally as offensive. That you know, that that's know, the man. way. That that's the way. But All the respect middle. Wu Tang Clan. Buster Rhymes. Buster okay. Rhymes. That Buster Rhymes fighting Michael, Michael and that being the quote end of that yeah. series yeah. again nakedly offensive yeah. however however okay. in between that there is a base level competent slasher movie that happens mm-hmm. it's irritating and like the whole camera perspective thing pisses me off yeah. but it's superficially there's a couple of sequences where Michael Myers kills someone yeah. and it works and it pays off in a way that you expect a Halloween movie to pay off okay my argument is, at no point does that happen in Freddy's Dead. What scene works? Carlo's death scene. The guy who's deaf? Yeah. I think that was well thought out and painful and well executed. Something about the campiness in which Freddy's playing it. Like... Yeah, I mean... it's He's being cruel, and that's what Freddy does. Yeah, and he's yelling and making and noise yeah, around that's him, and he's lame. deaf. That's lame. It's just like the bully making fun of the deaf kid, yeah. and I guess. Yeah. And I like the special effect of the yeah. ear. Like, that was really gross. That scene was. There, I said something positive. The special effect of the ear was good. Yeah. But, no, I, again, no. I, and it, how about this? Was there a thing that scared you? No. No. There's or nothing close to scary. it. No, no. 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 But truth be told, the Nightmare films hadn't really been that scary, I think, from four on. I'm like, the in the Halloween movie, there are two parts of the movie that are like definitively the thing that makes the movie unforgivable to the fans. Yeah. And in Freddy's Dead, every scene's almost a tie. Hmm. That ending is particularly foul to me. But yeah. this might be, for me, the worst single sequel in horror movie history. As far as being disrespectful to fans, I'm not talking about like incompetent writing or execution. Yeah. I'm talking about taking everything that the fans liked yeah. 
and vomiting it back into the fans faces like with yeah. disrespect this is what you like well for shame yeah. <laughs> like, and like this wasn't somebody else who took over you know this was still new line this yes. was still the people who'd been with it all the yeah. way along and it was it's it's a betrayal i get the fact that they knew that 13 year old kids most most likely boys but I imagine some girls as well, but, you know, loved Freddy Cougar, and so they wanted to be a little more kid-friendly. But he's a... it's No, he's a horror movie star. I'm not naive. I get that it's product. Yeah. I get that it's product, but the reason the product works is that the person that you hired to make the product yeah. gives a shit, yeah. cares a little. Yeah. And by the time this and movie forget, came... Forget the fact that it's a product. Forget that you know, this is a real character that came from a really good idea, a good concept that had... you know. And it has a backstory now and everything. It's the equivalent of like you have a chocolate chip ice cream that's immensely popular. Yeah. And then you do a special edition where you've added maggots and cockroaches into the mix. It's the Coke version <laughs> of the horror movie genre. It's not our fault, you guys. Yeah. This one's on you. I'm doing a film about my nightmares as I'm dreaming them. In order for the movie to continue, it, it was dependent on me having more nightmares. Well, fortunately, I did. I'm a little frightened by what Wes may have tapped into. I frankly felt that it was over when we did the last, the final nightmare. In a town where movies go over schedule and directors go over budget, something far more evil is out of control. Did it. Okay. Um, Wes Craven's new nightmare. There's some yep. interesting history leading into this movie. Wes Craven was not particularly happy with the sequel chain of events to his Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, he kind of, I think, envisioned Nightmare on Elm Street as a sort of a standalone horror movie. But because, you know, his producer uh, bent over Robert, backwards. Robert Shea. Robert Shea bent over backwards to get that movie made and, you know, wanted to franchise it so that he could turn this little up-and-coming new line cinema into a proper Hollywood player. You know, he understood that and played ball. But How's the Freddy build? Yeah, absolutely. You know, no Freddy Krueger, no Lord of the Rings. But I do yeah. get the feeling like they kind of creatively and personally separated for a while over these Nightmare on Elm Street movies. And uh, when it, you know, Freddy's dad properly shot the bed of the franchise. Uh, Woo! With that, yeah. oh, that's... That's Freddy's dead. Robert Shea was still, you know, he liked his golden goose, and he was going to get as many eggs out of it as he could. So he called in a meeting with Wes Craven. He sat him down in his office, apologized, gave him a huge fucking paycheck, basically, of money earned, in, 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 you know, from all of the sequels to Nightmare on Elm Street, and then asked him, could you make me a Nightmare on Elm Street movie? And can you make any Nightmare on Elm Street movie you want to do? In a way, I kind of feel like they mended fences and both got what they wanted. You know, yeah. Rob Shea got another uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movie and Wes Craven got to do a Nightmare on Elm Street movie that he felt was a worthy sequel to yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street. All this is prologue leading up to this movie. We're talking about the new Nightmare, but uh, I thought it was interesting to, to give that context. Yeah. Uh, 1994, I don't think you can deny that it was a prescient movie as far as where the meta sort of horror movie was going. Yeah. But in the interest of voicing an unpopular opinion, I'm not huge on A New Nightmare. 
basically the movie opens on the set of them shooting a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Wes Craven is a character. He's directing the movie. Heather Langenkamp is a character. Robert um, England is a character. Robert England is a character. Robert Shea shows up in this movie. I do think that for the most part, I mean, people who didn't intend to spend their lives in front of the camera, like Robert Shea and, uh, you know, Wes Craven himself, okay, well, I'll give them, I guess, something of a pass. But as far as Robert Englund and Heather Langenkamp, if you cannot play yourself convincingly, that raises questions <laughs> to me. Anyway, okay, well, the, okay, okay. I think that the what what Wes Craven was going for is that in the sort of culture of myth making, of which I think we can include horror movies a part of, yeah. Um, you lock into something. You you are telling stories that bubble up from the subconscious. Wes Craven has said that a lot of his best ideas have come from dreams, hence Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street stuff like that. But I think the conceit is is that you're harnessing something real. There is some sort of supernatural element that you get this inspiration from. And somehow giving it a shape and giving it a name, in this case, the shape and name of Freddy Krueger, you empower it. And so basically the the conceit of the movie is that the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise has conjured this actual physical demon. Yeah. Or whatever you want to call it. I'm just using... Dream demon. Dream demon, essentially. That can exist in the real world and do real damage. Uh, yeah. Most notably, Heather Langenkamp's husband is the first victim yeah. uh, of it here. So it's got a lot of balls in the air, and it's a fairly forward-thinking horror movie, especially for 1994. This is before Scream. I understand why people like it. Um, I think what the most important element that Scream had that this movie doesn't is yeah. a self-aware sense of humor. Yes. This has none of that. In yes. fact, this it has so nasty. little of it. Yeah, it this is a nasty feels... horror yeah, it, it's, it's a, a proper horror film, but I think the fact that we're looking at Wes Craven and Walt Rob Shea putting themselves in a horror movie instead of feeling innovative feels kind of pretentious. Really, really, because to me, the scene where Heather visit actually visits Wes Craven at his house, or maybe it's Robert England. It is Robert England, but th- there's there's two scenes where Heather visits both Wes Craven and Robert England, and they're both very much terrified and affected because Freddie's also affecting them. I thought that worked really, really well. And I did not find it pretentious. Um, I mean, what in a lot of ways, what Craven here has done is he's done a horror version of the player. So there's a little sort of wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But and not before, humor, I yeah. would say. Maybe, yeah, no, it's... Maybe a wink and a nudge, but he's, he's making a horror movie here. He's asking us yeah. to take this all very seriously. Yeah. And that's fine. In fact, generally speaking, I prefer that. But yeah. uh, that's definitely what differentiates it from the Scream franchise. And yeah. like I said, I mean, I was saying it comes off pretentious. I'm not saying necessarily that it is pretentious, but I'm yeah. saying without that wink, without yeah. that sort of Scream edge to it, it yeah. reads a little bit that way. It reads like, yeah. look at me, I'm a, I'm a producer, but now I'm in front of the camera. The horror movie is slowly becoming about the people who make it. Yep. Um, I think for that story to work, though, and the story they're telling with this, um, they had to, you know, because at this point, Wes Craven, you know, everyone knows who Wes Craven is. Most people know who Heather Lankenkamp is. Everyone knows who Robert Englund is. So to have them play themselves and be deeply affected by this evil manifestation of Freddy Krueger, 
to me it worked. Yeah, I felt something... their fear too, but their responsibility. If they if they did unleash this evil spirit in the world, like they're responsible for these deaths. Yeah. Something else that to me that really, really worked, because at this point this is what is this like the seventh nightmare in Elm Street film? Is it or is so, it eight? Yeah. yeah. See so at this point Freddy Krueger was basically a walking comedian. That you is know, true. He, he comes, he kills, he tells a somewhat, you know, somewhat funny line and then dismembers his victims. So Freddy had ceased to be menacing. In this film, he's very much a threat. And he looks different. Yeah. You know, horror films got their start in German expressionism. Expressionism, excuse me, that art form. All the way starting with The Cabinet of Dr. Carlo Gary. A lot of people sort of credit this, that film as the birth of horror movies. This film is marinated in that style. Even the dream world at the end. And I kind of agree the end, the film loses its steam because we know that Freddy's going to, you know, eventually lose this battle and they get the kid back. But that world, the imagery with that, it's, it's a mixture of M.C. Escher, German Expressionism. Like, to me, those images just danced across the screen. Yeah. And once again, this is Craven engaged here. Even the look of Freddy with, you know, instead of that usual metal claw hands, it's bones yeah. and, you know, sharp bones. I, you know, I thought that was a neat element. And he's mean. He's mean and nasty. He doesn't throw these one-liners that it had been synonymous with Freddy. This one, we don't even see the real Freddy until really the third act. He, he, he's, there's there's this, a genuine palpable dread that goes for two-thirds of this movie. And then when Freddy does finally show up in all his glory, it loses a little bit. But he still looks, he's gorgeous to look at in that regard. Well, I will um, agree with you that Craven effectively gave Freddy his teeth back. Yes. Because especially by that last entry, Freddy's dead. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it, it stopped being even pretending to be a horror movie and became yeah. this just ridiculous, violent cartoon. Yeah. And I, I think that his genuine attempt to make Freddy uh, frightening again, yeah. I respect that. Uh, yeah. I also have this feeling like it's another Nightmare on Elm Street movie and uh, it, 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 no. it's cool, but where do you go from here from a franchise standpoint? Yeah. Oh, no, I, I, I agree. And it was a difficult, a difficult decision to, you know, what, what do you do since there's been about six other films before this? How do, how do you make this? even remotely scary again because Freddy at that point had ceased to become scary. Yeah. Um, and I think he succeeded for the most part. Is it perfect? No. They're, 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 like I said, the film sort of loses its steam towards the, the final act. Uh, uh, I think that the scene with the babysitter in the hospital was well rendered. Yeah. Uh, both the, the trust relationship between Heather Lane Camp and her uh, as far as her saying, you know, to don't let those doctors put that kid to sleep. And the babysitter, you know, <laughs> backing it up almost violently, doing yeah. everything right, making us like her, and yeah. then having her killed in a, I think, consciously callback murder sequence to the first kill from the original Nightmare on Elm Street, with her yeah. being dragged up the wall of the hospital. And uh, yeah. I think, like, that scene really works. And you're right, Freddy is scary briefly for that moment. But it took a long time to get there, and I do think that the movie is a little slow. <laughs> I do. I do also want to give a special shout-out to Miko Hughes. For all you horror nerds out there, he's the kid that was in Pet Cemetery, um, where he was in Mercury Rising. Um, what else have I seen him in? Uh, Apollo 13. Um, 
he didn't i think kids acting in movies it's it's a hard sell in a lot of ways yeah it's a tough racket and i think he does pretty well in this movie i don't know if it was this movie or pet cemetery but at one point the kid had to cry and and this this story disturbs me in a lot of ways but they were trying to get this this scene where the boy was you know to be visibly upset and crying and the director wasn't getting it and so the parents came in and says well we know how to make him cry we just don't like to do it but we know how to you know i can we can get the shot for you and so they went and they whispered in his ears that the father that they were going to die soon and that visibly like he like in his eyes just went and the tears just came like that yeah that's, that's child during, abuse that's yeah, child it abuse is. it is it is um I just, so i don't know if it's this movie over was pet cemetery but I found him pretty good in this movie. He didn't annoy me, I'll say that much. No. Um, but yeah, that story has always kind of stuck with me whenever I think of Miko Hughes in that regard. I do think it's tricky handling kids in horror movies. Like, yeah. you know, especially the more involved they are. Like, he's being kidnapped and chased around by Freddy, you know. So it's yeah. much like the little girl in The Exorcist. I mean, how can you how can you ask a girl to do that and not, you know, somehow break her innocence a little bit, you know? Well, and also taint your own soul if that's, you know, <laughs> if you believe in that kind of stuff. I do also like the element because the stuff with the, with the California earthquake, yeah. that's all real as well. And once again, Craven went out with his film crew and like that's, that's all authentic. That's real stuff you're seeing there. So I, I really like that Heather woke up from her first dream to the earthquake. I thought that yeah. was a nice touch. Yeah, uh, so I, I, like, like, I like that as well. Again, I, I always come off way more negative than I mean to. Here's yeah. what I will say. I love that it sets the table for Scream. Yeah. Because I really do think that it does. And I love that it's a much stronger entry in the Nightmare on Elm Street series than we've seen in a while. That said, I can't help but wonder if Wes Craven had been in charge of the Freddy Krueger franchise and we had seven Wes Craven Nightmare on Elm Street movies, if they yeah. would be more or less interesting than the ones that we had. They would probably I, not be as funny, but they might be more art wank. Do you know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. That I agree. I don't think we would have seven Freddy no, Krueger movies. That's that's if exactly with... why he's not involved, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I know he was quite bitter and jaded. He read the script for the second run and went, This is shit. Yeah. And they proceeded to make the gayest horror film or one of the gayest <laughs> horror films ever made. Yeah. Um So I'm, like I'm I big... say, like there are good things to be said about it. I mean the there are people that seem to just love this movie, and there are people that hate it, and I'm, yeah. I'm kind of in neither camp. Yeah. I think it's it's an above-average entry in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, yeah. but I don't. I think it's maybe a little bit oversold. I think it's maybe... Okay. It, it, it's, um, it's prescient to where horror movies were going, but it's not as smart as, as you know, where we arrive when we get there. Warn your friends. Warn everyone. Welcome to my nightmare. We're not safe awake or asleep. Okay. At long last, after 10 years, maybe more of pre-production, almost 30 years combined between the two series, Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street. The code was finally cracked. They came out with a screenplay. And they, they landed on for a director, of all people. And I swear to God, they blindfolded someone and threw a dart. <laughs> but they landed on Ronnie Yu. And I'm happy that they did. 
Even though Ronnie Yu, to his own admission, had never seen a Friday the 13th movie. I think that's what they liked about him. And uh, the fact that his background was in largely in sort of violent martial arts spectacle type of movies. Yes. Famously, The Bride with the White Hair. Yes, but at this point he had done... Bride of Chucky. Bride of Chucky, which was a, which a got fairly him, successful... You know, which got him this gig, yeah. essentially. He sort of did a good life, full of life entry into child's play. No reason to think he couldn't do the same for Friday the 13th. Yeah. But at this point, Nightmare on Elm Street, the, or this Freddy vs. Jason movie was a big deal. Yeah. A lot of money is tied up in this. Yeah. And a lot of... they've already I'm surprised sp- it took that long to get made, though. Like, it was a new line's hands for over well over ten years. Yeah. Just to get it to where they needed it to be and to make it a workable scenario and probably work out the behind-the-scenes dealings of who's getting what percentage of what, yeah. you know. Um, here they come. A lot of those decisions seemed uh, like out-of-pocket to be bad. And uh, most controversially, we lose our Jason Voorhees. Kane Potter is no longer going to be playing Jason yep. as he has since Part 7 now. Yeah. So uh, that was big news. Um, the choice seemed almost purely aesthetic. Yeah. Um, probably at this point they'd have to pay Kane a good amount of money since he's returning this much time. But uh, I honestly think they just wanted the image of sort of the small, wiry, spindly Freddy Krueger against the big fucking lug football player looking, yeah. you know, Jason Voorhees, just to get that yeah. image. Make it as solid as possible. Yeah. Um, I've already gone on record for rank and review, just saying that I'm a huge Freddy vs. Jason fan. It works, and it works so well. So I'm going to put the ball largely in your court here. Yeah. Um, I think it's a modern horror fantasy classic, in a yeah. way. I mean, maybe put quotes around classic, but yeah. people will be pondering this movie for many decades to come. It will be a curio. You know, and the the fact that it was a bona fide box office it blockbuster. Was, it was number one for three weeks in a row. Like it just kept going. Um, you know, there was talk for the longest longest of times to you know make a sequel and make other crossovers. Like there is a script in Hollywood somewhere mm-hmm. uh, of Ash versus Michael Myers versus yeah. Freddy and Jason. And there's all sorts of comic book. Po- permutations yeah. but who knows what if anything will come of that yeah uh it, it's weird because then you're getting into a series of several different unspeaking killers fighting each other which gets tricky story-wise but anyway freddie versus jason cole's notes of the plot freddie has been forgotten he needs to be remembered he's yes. in hell he which re- is a cool idea actually. he reaches out to jason in his dreams awakens him from his slumber because jason can never die Tells him through the visage of Jason's mother that he must go to Elm Street and kill yeah. the naughty teenagers there. Yeah. Thus the, creating fear in Elm Street, thus bringing back thoughts of Freddy, thus bringing more power to threat Freddy so he can do his business again. Yeah. Problem is, by the time Freddy's getting powerful enough to do his killing, Jason's done most of the work for him. Yeah. This causes conflict, yeah. and since there's nobody to mediate... Yeah. <laughs> they just have to work it out physically, you yeah. know, because you know that's just how they do business. Yeah, um, it's interesting to me that f- they're both the terrible, and they both you know have a steep body count to their backs. But yeah. very quickly, because I prefer the franchise Friday the Thirteenth to Nightmare on Elm Street, I came in a Jason fan, 
But Freddy does establish himself as the villain of this piece yes, in a yes, lot he's of ways. Definitely, you know, the the puppet master to to Jason's sort of puppet. Yeah. Um, you're meant to really not like Freddy Krueger. He is the villain of the piece in a lot of ways. Um, and uh, that's always been the way. Uh, Jason's very business like and like yeah. a blunt instrument. Like I said, like if you go where you're not supposed to be, he will kill you. Yeah. That's it. That's that's how he does his business. Freddy will kill. You know, as many people as he can, and not only will he kill them, he will make fun of them as yeah. he kills them, and he seems to enjoy the torture of it. So I like him less. I guess it's hard to say I like either of them, but yeah, you know, like Freddy less. Well, <laughs> production values and acting across the board very strong. Yes, and you know, I have to say, you know, the fights between the actual when they do finally happen, the two you know, legends, if you will, is sort of like, like, like a giant cartoon. And I think that works within that universe mm-hmm. to make it sort of, you know, a ha-ha slapstick. The violence isn't... It's definitely different, you know, from the film that comes after it. I do think that in that respect, in the fight, the fact that he comes through the uh, sort of martial arts background and the wire work really yeah. actually added another dimension. Yeah. Because I, in another person's hands, I think the fight would be a little bit more sluggish yes. or slower or more brutal. You know, yeah. there would be, it would be a slower fight, but the wounds will be more substantial, as yes. it were. Um, there's a cartoon quality, a goofy quality to it. Yes. But it does all of this goofiness while respecting both franchises. Yes. And that's that's in the screenplay as well, but it, I also got to give Ronnie Yu a lot of points for that because yeah. I think he said like he was familiar with Nightmare on Elm Street, but less yeah. so with Friday the 13th. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot of a lot of elements to juggle and the story is somewat convoluted. Yes. Uh, you touched about you touched upon this earlier when we've talked about this movie that you do call bullshit on one thing and that's when you know Jason you know would you know walk into the house just to kill one person you know the boyfriend of the one girl the first big kill of the movie yes yeah it's a great kill but Jason does walk into a house full of kids kill one person and leave kind of got to call shenanigans on that but that's the only real loud one yeah Um, a lot of the fanboy stuff will will debate you know who really won the fight and at the end of the day spoilers kids uh, we see Jason emerging from the lake holding Freddy's severed head. Yes. But Freddy's head winks at us. Yes. What does it mean? It means that he never dies. <laughs> this will yes. go on and on and on and on. But uh, to my mind, I think, you know, the fact that Jason's carrying Freddy's head suggests that Jason was victorious in that battle. And um, <laughs> yeah. if you go by kill count, I think Freddy only actually kills one. Am I wrong? Um, he kills Jason Ritter's best friend, the Canadian actor whose name I always forget. Uh, he he kills his, that stoner. He possesses the stoner, but Jason hocks him in half. Um, like you could be argued that Freddy does more physical damage to Jason and even more psychological damage to Jason, and that he, you know, makes Jason relive. I the think drama. I guess that Freddy only really killed that best friend. Yeah. Brother. Jason does the bulk of the de- the killing in the movie, and I think in a way that's he smart. does kill the best friend. Yeah, yeah. In, in in a way, it's smart that he does that because Jason doesn't have a voice. Yeah. Jason just gets to do what Jason does. Yeah. The only voice we get is is Freddy, and he can do things like turn into the caterpillar from <laughs> Alice in Wonderland and yeah. possess the fucking stoner who's clearly trying to be Jay from Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah. And if you make it your life's mission to emulate. 
performance-wise, Jason Mewes, you failed as a human being. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care if they said a Jason Mewes type in the script. It was just a derivative lazy performance in a movie that didn't have a lot of derivative lazy performances. No, no. (laughs) Uh, It was a character that I liked to see die, and not just because, you know, it was one of those distracting characters. It was just like, ugh. (laughs) <laughs> you he speak. Does, he does arguably have the funniest line, though, of the movie. Which is? Dude, that goalie was pissed about something. <laughs> that goalie was pissed about something. <laughs> yes, it, it does boast, uh, you know, a rather epic, you know, killing sequence, which, you know, I, I, I basically tears of joy and a little bit of giggle went out, you know, kind of happened when I saw it. The... What would you call it? The raver so scene? Rave, the rave, the rave, rave party. In the middle of a cornfield. Well, in the middle of a farm. Some somewhere. of the best Jason minutes ever put to celluloid. Absolutely. Yeah. He's completely engulfed in flame. He carves a path through the cornfield yeah. and hacks his way through this rave. Yes. Like, um, we've talked before about Jason being an asexual creature. Yeah. Uh, you know... In the, in the novelization of Freddy vs. Jason, which I would love to read if it existed... Jason realized for the first time in his life that he had an erection (laughs) 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 while killing all those kids in the rave. Didn't even understand why. (laughs) It's just like, it seemed like his entire existence was leading up to this moment of killing these obnoxious kids. One of the first kids he kills at the rave, too, is like date raping Ginger from Ginger Snaps. Right. Yes, Catherine is Catherine. Catherine Isabel shows up here. Yeah. Yes, and has you know a rather sizable role. Good for her. Yep, um, a lot of Canadian talent shows up in here. Yeah. Uh, Chris Marquette is plays a supporting role in here. And Jason and Jason Ritter's son. Yeah, or uh, well, John Ritter's John son. Ritter's son. Yeah, Jason Ritter is in this movie. And uh, what's the name of the of the from Destiny's Child, Kelly um, Rowland, Kelly Rowland yes. has a part in here, and a memorable dream sequence in which she uh, dreams that her nose is cut off. Who's the best? Who's the sort of nerdy friend that? Uh... Yeah, I was trying to remember the name of that actor. He's also in two of the Ginger Snaps movies. He's a really good Canadian actor. Um, here, I'll splice his name in. The actor whose name we're trying to remember there is Brendan Fletcher, and it pains me that I couldn't remember his name because. He's a working Canadian actor. He's been working in TV and film in Canada since the mid-90s. And he's really good. So um, I'm glad that he had even a passing role in the immortal classic that is Freddy vs. Jason. You can also see him in two of the three Ginger Snaps movies. And like I say, almost every Canadian TV show ever made. He's been in a lot of stuff. He's a good actor. Uh, and uh, he's somehow managing to stay afloat while still remaining in Canada, mostly, it seems. Yeah. So good for him. Um, <clears throat> yeah, there's just not a lot of bad things for me to say about Freddy vs. Jason. No. It's definitely an acquired taste, uh, but I think if you're going to pay your ticket to see Freddy vs. Jason, you come in knowing, you know, where you stand. <laughs> right? This This is definitely a huge step up in the whole, you know, echelon or group of both Nightmare on Elm Street and Freddy, or Friday the 13th. It's it's a solid action comedy horror. It seemed all, it seemed destined to fail, too. It, like, it seemed like there was just no way they were going to satisfy the fan base. Yeah. Especially because, you know, there was something of a divide between Freddy and Jason. 
Yeah. It's interesting in that I think Nightmare on Elm Street is arguably the more, quote, imaginative of the series. Yes. But in a way, I think time is going to be kinder to the Friday the 13th franchise than it is to the Nightmare on Elm Street ones in some ways. Yes. So it'll be interesting to see. I became a Ronnie Yu fan because of this movie. I, yeah. I'm still trying to get my hands on some of his earlier work. Yeah. Um, but I got into the Child's Play movies backwards through him yeah. because of this. It's just like how lucky it was that they managed to land on Ronnie Yu because... He also did that Fearless movie with Jet Li, Jet which Lee, is quite good, actually. Solid, absolutely. Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of uh, magic to this movie. I don't know, yeah. like, a, it seems a little bit hyperbolic to yeah. say it, but because, it, like like I say, it just didn't seem like it was possible that they were going to satiate all of the fans and have us coming so proudly and happily, you know, from it. And the movie's over 10 years old now, yeah. I shudder to say. Yeah. Uh, so they haven't even fucked it up with the lame sequel yet. Yeah, well... I it seems like it almost won't happen now. Yeah, if no, it was going no. to happen, you'd think it would have. And if it does happen, I doubt it'll happen with Robert England. Yeah. Um, but it, it was a weird alignment to where every, all the stars aligned to please the geeks, and the yeah. geeks were pleased. So I've already reviewed the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, what was the year that that one? 2010. It's already yep. 10 years old. Yep. Holy shit. Um, it's on the record. I'm not a fan. Yeah. But honestly, when we compare it to like my rage of like For Freddy's, Freddy's dead, dead. Yeah. Like, it's not good. Yeah. It, it's disappointing. Yep. Like, there was so much potential. Really, I mean, if you must remake this movie, which I don't think you shall, but yeah. if you are, here we are, 30 years later and change. Yeah. Special effects have changed. There's all sorts of crazy things you can do with the dreams. There's all sorts of interesting twists. You can mess with our expectations. Mm -hmm. You can show us a bigger, meaner, modern Freddy. Yeah. They just opted to not do any of those <laughs> things. But there's some good acting in it. There's competent Future sequences. Oscar winner... Rooney Mara, uh, yeah. yeah, and I think actually the um, main the guy playing Freddy, sorry, uh, Jackie Earl Haley, does a decent job of Freddy, like, yeah. and wants Freddy to be scary again. Yeah, and I I, I appreciate that impetus that they yeah. didn't lean on the funny at all. Yeah, but I don't want this movie, and if it's going to exist anyway, yeah, I I would have loved to have been surprised by it, and I wasn't. Yeah, but. As vitriolic as my review with, with Mitch Oliver of the Terror Table might have been, yeah. when taken in the sweep of these other movies, I mean, at least they were trying to be scary, and it wasn't a photocopy of the original movie. Yeah. But in the end of the day, did yeah. I like the movie? Is it a good movie? No, it's Does not. it do justice to the concept? Yeah. No. No. So, I still think it sucks. What is Beckman? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, the Beckman, sorry, uh, the, what, what the Beckman thinks, uh, it, 
it was surprising as I was watching it again this time I thought there's nothing new that they brought to the to the stable whatsoever and then they decided to have some of the climax yeah uh, in that old preschool which I thought was sort of a, a really neat idea and even the scene where they go back to Freddy's lair I thought was kind of like well handled when they find the photos and whatnot right kind of special shout out to the actor who played the love interest right um, I, I thought that was well done but all the characters just seemed sort of vanilla. I I, I couldn't. I don't quite understand it because they were they were going for straight in a lot of ways. They were, they were trying to play straight horror, and the performances aren't bad. That's the thing. But once again, I couldn't connect. I didn't care. Yeah, and I, and I don't know if I'm like I I'm older. I don't connect with this generation of kids or yeah. something like that. Yeah, They're just a little bit too hip and uh, uh, distant and dead eyed for me to connect to. Yeah. But. I, I, I don't like to think so. I've seen a lot of, quote, modern horror movies with modern kids, and I can get into it. But yeah. uh, I don't know. There, there's just something that you don't emotionally connect. And and worse than that, they just they have good actors like Connie Nielsen and, and um, Concy Brown. Yeah. I don't do anything with them. Yep. It's another case, sort of like I was talking about Yeah, that code. They have Clancy Brown. W- what do they do with him? Nothing. You got Clancy fucking Brown. He he can be in terrible horror movies like Pet Cemetery too. Yeah. But make it watchable because he's Clancy Brown. Yeah. I say if you've got Clancy Brown in your movie, you give that guy something to do. Make him work. Yeah. yeah. He's just one of the characters' dad. Yeah. And yeah, we get to see the scene where Freddy gets killed and he's one of the ringleaders. Uh, but he's, I think we're done with him at that point. He's present. He's yeah. there, but they do nothing with him. Connie Nielsen is what they use for the big, you know, mom death at the end of the movie. Yeah. And it, congratulations, manages to outsuck death <laughs> in the original. Yeah. Like, instead of it being a clear dummy being sucked through a small porthole-sized window on a door, uh, she gets stabbed through her eyeballs and sucked back through a window in a, like, vulgar CG display that's like, mm. no, thank you. Yeah, that's one of the big mistakes right off the bat is... One of the things about the Nightmare series is you're there to see this beautiful orgy of special effects. Like that, Really, that's one of the meat and potatoes of the Nightmare franchise. Is you're there to see crazy, over-the-top latex puppetry and mechanicals and see the imagination done right in front of the lens. And it's all done by computer, if you look at it. And maybe that's one thing. that There's just no love or design to the kills whatsoever where that sort of tactile where it sort of yeah. you see that the handmade quality no, but of seriously it. like can you like, even as we're reviewing like the, the past nightmare films we're coming back and remembering certain deaths scenes uh in from like one two three four sequences, uh, yeah, sequences yeah you know remember that death with you know in the pool with the hand coming down number five blah, blah. you remember something like that there's none of that in this there yeah and i think part of it is, is they all the, the the, the violence and the blood is done by CGI. You, you can get away with that in you know, sort of like a samurai movie like with a cool aesthetic, but beyond that, like, no, no. It's not what no. your fan base wants. Yeah. I, again, I will compliment when they want to be scary. The effects don't work for me, but like when the one character is killed but still awake in his dream, yeah, and Freddy says we have eight minutes to play yeah. or three minutes to play or whatever. Yeah, so you just know that whatever went down during those several minutes were just terrible for him. Yeah, 
That's a nice idea. And it, yeah. again, one of the few things that was spare about the movie and scary. Yeah. So I could have given them points for that. But then they're trying to do this whole bait and switch where maybe he wasn't a bad dude after all. Yeah. Maybe he got burned and he wasn't. I wasn't falling for that for a second. Yeah. For two reasons. The movie's really clumsy in almost everything it does. Yeah. And it would be the one thing they could do with that character that would be more offensive than anything else, right? All of a sudden, Freddy Krueger is no longer a child murderer, bastard son of a thousand maniacs. Yeah. He's a wrongfully accused yeah. guy who has now become the sympathetic hero of the franchise. Yeah. You know, you guys can go right to fucking hell. That's not <laughs> happening. Yeah. And I knew that that wasn't happening. I yeah. knew the movie sucked, but I knew it wasn't if that stupid. Though, right? yeah, yeah. Like, they, they would hope to make a franchise out of this, right? Yeah. They would, like, ideally want to keep going forward. But yeah. Much like a lot of the Platinum Dune remakes that came out, it was financially successful, but so hated that they didn't go forward, right? Yeah. Friday the 13th made a fuck ton of money, but that was that. Yeah. <laughs> I think this one would be bombed even financially. Like, no one showed up for it. <laughs> and, you know, for the people who wanted to be there, when I reviewed it with Mitch, like yeah. he said, this is pitched to me. I, uh, he's not too old for it and he hated it yeah. so, like it's not just that I'm out of touch I'm not saying I'm not out of touch, <laughs> right? it's not just yeah. that I'm out of touch yeah. Um, and yeah do we want a sympathetic portrayal of Freddy Krueger and is anybody gonna fall for that yeah and again as a writing from the writing point of view to the production point of view like yeah who made that call and who thought that was a good idea? Something as well. Like, there was a, a lot of darkness to, like, the, the old New Line Nightmare movies. Like, it is literally bathed in darkness. This movie seemed a lot brighter as well. Oh, yeah. There's still a couple of shots where Freddy comes out of the shadow, but we get a really good look at, at the burnt makeup all around Jackie Earl Haley. Um, it just seemed brighter, and I thought, like, that was another choice. Like, no, 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 no. A bad director of photography. You gotta make this movie aesthetically darker. Well, I'm kind of mixed on the burn makeup. Yeah. It's authentic. Like, yeah. that's much closer to what somebody who would have survived yeah. a serious burn would look like. Yeah. It's almost smooth, like their yeah. features have been rubbed out. Yeah. Uh, but it is less frightening. Yeah. But it is kind of authentic. But yeah. sort of it lends a little bit, quote, more realism instead of it being like a bunch of clearly packed cake makeup dripping yeah. off of Robert England's face. Yeah. This guy's been burned. Yeah. Right? I would have gone with like showing some like the exposed jawline and teeth and see even <laughs> yeah, anyways. Another complaint, and I hate to repeat myself, but yeah. I have reviewed this movie before, and yeah. it's still a flaw. It was a flaw the first time I reviewed yeah, it, yeah, yeah. and it's a flaw this time. If you're doing a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, yeah. use the dream world. Yeah. Use the dream world, yeah. please. Yeah. Can we, like... <laughs> Yes, he has claws on his hands and he yeah. stabs kids. The ideas are limitless. How many limitless. times do they go to the boiler? Every time? Yeah. This is the boiler room movie. This is where, like, everybody dreams of boiler rooms. Yeah. Like, oh, you guys literally could do anything. And yeah. you said, what did every other thing <laughs> do? This is the thesis <laughs> of the whole show. And the, I get, yes. The and there are people room. yelling at the at their <laughs> stereo right now saying, well, it's a remake, asshole. Yeah. 
yes, I hear you, but like you got to bring something to the table. Yeah. You can't just make a photocopy of the movie because then you're the Gus Van Sant psycho. Yeah. Nobody wants to be that. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. that's at best of an exercise. It, it, you know, yeah. it's a fucking waste of time unless you're doing it academically, right? So. You know, a remake is going to be also be on some level a reinterpretation. And I'm not going to... It's not a sacred cow to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. Again, if it became about Freddy coming into the real world and killing people in the real world, that's not Nightmare on Elm Street. If you're just going to make a slasher movie, make a slasher movie mm -hmm. that happens all the time. If you're going to make a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, again, use the fucking dream world. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Almost complete weird random question. Yes. You, you, you were talking about how Freddy said is possibly worse than uh, Halloween Resurrection. Uh -huh. So, what is worse then? Um, Gus Van Sant's Psycho or Freddy's Dead? Or Freddy's Dead? Yeah. Oh, Freddy's Dead. Really? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. How so? Well,. I mean, Psycho's just pointless. It's more pointless than infuriating. Yeah. Like, I wasn't mad. I was sort of bored and perplexed and like, why? Like, when I watch the Psycho remake, I'm just like, like why? Norman what was wrong. What like... was the fucking point, you guys? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, to, to, to change so little, it was like pointless. The stuff that they did change stood up so much more at that point. Yeah. Like, either you change nothing at this point... <laughs> What's with the weird little sequence? The cow. Yeah, but What's I don't care. Like I, 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 I didn't like it, but I wasn't like furious. I just thought it was a dumb idea. It was a waste of everyone's time. Viggo Mortensen, Julian Moore, Anne Hesch, William H Macy all had much better things to do and much better movies to make. And yeah. Gus Van Sant coolly sold his credibility out to make that movie that nobody fucking cares about. But does it make me angry? Did it offend me as a fan of Psycho? It couldn't. It was so slavishly loyal to Psycho that it, that was its flaw. Its flaw was that it was too loyal to Psycho, whereas Freddy's Dead's flaw was that it seemed to not give a shit. But that's how bad the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street is, though. We've spent the last few minutes not even talking about it. Yeah. It is incredibly forgettable. I know. And they had such a good story to tell and such potential, like... Shame on them, really. It yeah. should have at least been okay. Yeah. It, like, I should have went... Through, uh, yeah. It was all right. They took yeah. a swing. They had moments. Nope. <laughs> yeah. You can even count the jump scares. Like, it it, it didn't, e like, even create a different sort of beat pattern. You knew they were coming. Not once did I jump. I'm sorry I did it. Um, it was just... There was no love I put felt into it embarrassed for Rooney Mara and her big hero line yeah <laughs> welcome to my I world know. bitch my nightmare yeah, yeah so she's got to throw the bitch back in his face too yeah. and like you can see it on her face and she's an amazing actress yeah no like yeah. she's committed actress and like like this was a high profile role and like like if she was a young actress she would want this yeah and it's on her face she knows just how bad that line is yeah. like she's yeah. embarrassed and I'm embarrassed for her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's the big punchy booyah gotcha line yeah. of the movie, which I think is telling. Yeah. Good enough? I think so.
So there it was. The Nightmare on yeah. Elm Street franchise yeah. has been reviewed, yeah. and now we're going to rank this. Yep. I've also discovered that Larry should not have two cups of coffee when re- before reviewing your shows. Seems like I was uncharacteristically venomous, especially because, like, honestly, despite yeah. what you've heard, I don't care as deeply about Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> there was some, like, sheer nerd rage that Like, came I would out. say I'm much, my, my love goes much deeper for both Halloween and Friday the 13th <laughs> yeah. than, than the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Yeah. But I, I think it's like when they when they go off cue, they veer severely yeah. off cue. <laughs> shit got real. <laughs> I got, I got, it was cathartic. I yeah. felt good. I'm yeah. sorry if it made other people feel bad. I just feel bad. By the way, Rachel Tallahay, <laughs> once again. I'm sorry. Uh, she now lives in Vancouver, eh? Oh, <laughs> she's Canadian. Gonna, hey, look, I'm, I don't think, like I said, that's all her fault, but. It's not a good movie. And yeah. she was there from the ground floor. And yeah. she's got to know that it's not a good movie. And that's got to suck for her. So she doesn't need me calling her out anymore. Again, it took it took a village to make a movie that fucking epically bad. <laughs> okay. All right. What was your least favorite of these? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know what your least favorite will be. Well, since we've already started talking I make about... sure that you know our friendship is on the line. <laughs> Why is it getting hot in here? Uh, well, shockingly, at number nine, I have Freddy's Dead. What? <laughs> the final nightmare. Our friendship will remain intact. Oh, thank God I was sitting down. Yeah. Because, uh, wow, that movie. I'm so sorry, Rachel Talley, really. I like she's listening to this. But, yeah, 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 At number eight, I have the remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, sort of... Just a vanilla milkshake version of it. Um, at number seven, I have Nightmare 5, The Dream Child. An interesting muddled mess, but meh. Uh, at number six, I have Nightmare 4, The Dream Master. Once again, as a nightmare entry, it, it, the wheels started to fall off, but it's not, like, bad. Right. Number five, I have a new nightmare, which Cameron comes back to the series. We've already talked about this. You know how we feel. Number, f- this is when it gets interesting, because I really had to think about how good these movies are. And, you know, you you talked about like one thing that you sort of uh, look at when you're ranking movies. The film set out an objective and did it accomplish that. Right. And I sort of had to play with that a little bit because I do think Freddy versus Jason, Freddy versus Jason, achieved its goal. <laughs> it's a giant violent horror cartoon movie uh, that just played so well. Um, but I have it at number four. I have Freddy versus Jason at, at number four. I, I don't know why. It just a lot. Anyways, I'll, I'll get to that. I have it at number four. I think this is where we're gonna like obviously, you know. Diverge. Diverge part, if you will. And with the acknowledgement that that Nightmare 2 is a bad movie. Um, So I have Nightmare 2 at number 3, above Freddy vs. Jason. I don't know, you're already giving me that look. You're already giving me that look. No, we don't have to agree. You can't see. We don't have to agree. Just the fact that where it started from, as, as a movie that is so oddly anti-gay like it's it's a homophobic movie and now it's come full circle where it's completely embraced 
by the LGBTQ community. It's so wonderful and bizarre <laughs> that I, I guess for this reason, I have it at number three, uh, which is strange. Maybe it's also... If we were ranking crazy 80 movies, sure. Yep. But I'm ranking Elm Street movies. I know. That's me. I, know. I know. I know. It's... I know. I know. I know. I know. Um, but also, Freddy vs. Jason is not really a nightmare movie, though. But, I hear you. But it's, it, it's quality. It's quality. I don't know. Nightmare... Anyways. So, number three, I, I have nightmare. Number two... And this is where it gets controversial. Because Nightmare on Elm Street is a classic movie. That's not controversial at all. I thought you would have seen this one coming. Um, it's a classic horror movie. Yeah. You know, this is the introduction of Freddy. But at number two, I have the original A Nightmare on Elm Street. And at number three, and I know there's people out there that, you know, have also thought this way. But I think it's a, as I said, it, I said it again and I said it before. I think it's a great comic book horror movie. Yeah, a little bit ahead of its time. Look, year one and two are right on point. Like, cause I agree, I'm putting Dream Warriors in number one as well. Right. I think that Nightmare on Elm Street definitely kicked down the door, introduced the world to Freddy, and upped the game for yeah. slasher movies. And thank you. Yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street finished the story. Yeah. Like part three, I mean, uh, Dream yeah. Warriors finished the story. Yeah. Really, if we're honest, Nightmare on Elm Street is two thirds. Of a horror movie. It yeah. kind of stops more yeah. than it ends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And three course corrects for that. Yeah. In a way that you wouldn't have suspected. But yeah. let me back up. You guys know what my top two are going to be. I assumed that you would know that too. Yeah. And this does seem counterfeit because I did put Elm Street on the best horror movies of the 80s and yeah. not Elm Street 3s. But yeah. in my head, they are that connected. Yeah. You know, but, I hear you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Freddy's dead. I don't know if it came across. <laughs> I don't know if it came across in the review, but I do not have a lot of positive feelings about it. So, yes, I am going to put it in last place. Yeah. And hopefully never, ever, ever have to think about it again. I actually saw like little spit come out of you. I'm, uh, I, was, I was exercising it yeah. from me, and yeah. now it's out. Yeah. And I just like I just puked it out and it's gone. Yeah. I on my website I have this sort of street you know, saying on for ranking review. I get bored with people who are just about vitriol and hate. Yeah. There's yeah. enough of that on yeah. the internet. Yeah. I cop to completely fucking failing at that today. <laughs> I really don't have a lot next yeah. to say about that movie. And you have defended some but, uh, I, hey look, I will play D for some crazy movies. Yeah. The remake is not as bad as maybe Mitch and I implied when I reviewed yeah. it with him once upon a time. Yeah. It's just super, super duper, super bland. Okay. And the one thing that like a nightmare movie shouldn't be is, is super duper bland. bland. Yeah. So it's it's not that it's horrible, it's that it's just so forgettable. And yeah. that they made a Nightmare on Elm Street remake that was forgettable is almost worse than they, like, yeah. they ambitiously failed and stepped on a rake, you yeah. know. Elm Street 5. Almost, but not quite. The Stephen yeah. Hopkins yeah. entry yeah. of it. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're in the mood to watch an Elm Street movie, this is another one, but yeah. it's like, you know, yeah. not, not, not a high bar to yeah. crest here. Yeah. 
This is where it gets weird. I okay. mean, I put Nightmare on Elm Street 2 Freddy's Revenge yeah. there. As a crazy 80s movie, yeah, for sure. It's absolutely bizarre. But it's yeah. it breaks a lot of rules. Yeah. And, like, again, coming off the back of Nightmare on Elm Street, they had yeah. such a great thing to work on. Yeah. No. I get the kitsch. And there's reasons to like this movie. And, yeah. like, it is hilariously off-key. Yeah. And, like, unintentionally so. And you can yeah. get a lot of enjoyment out of it. Yeah. But as a Nightmare on Elm Street yeah, movie... No. Yeah. I just can't do it. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. I almost put it ahead of Elm Street 4. Yeah. But I'm even going to let Elm Street 4 take it. As pissed off as I was at Elm Street 4 killing off my dream warriors, yeah, yeah. I'll still let it rank ahead of Freddy's Revenge because yeah. it at least feels more Elm Street yeah. to me. Then we have Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which is kind of the wild card, like, outside yeah. of the... It doesn't feel, per se, like what we mean an Elm Street movie to be. Yeah. But this is, like, where you imagine Wes Craven would have taken Elm Street yeah. had he taken it's the ball. It's still a nightmare movie, too. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's it's operating in a different level. Yeah. Um, different universe. There is no Elm Street, technically. I like it, in a way, more as an Elm Street picture than I do in a canon of Wes Craven films in a lot of ways. Yeah. And it obviously was a stepping stone that led him to greater things. And it was a forward-thinking horror movie, which Wes yeah. Craven was about. But forward-thinking doesn't always mean great. Shocker was a forward-thinking horror movie, and yeah. it hasn't particularly aged yeah. well. Yeah. So, it, it, it's good. Some people think it's great. I just think it's good. Yeah. I, I mean, and that's not an insult. <laughs> it's a good movie. Yeah, yeah. It's just not amazing. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So, all right. Then, yeah, Elm Street 4, as I talked about. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, uh, the new, Wes Craven's new Nightmare. We're down to the top three. Freddy versus Jason. Yeah. Arguably, you're right, not very much of an Elm Street movie. Arguably yeah. more yeah. of a Friday the 13th movie. Yeah. Jason does all of the killing, pretty yeah. much. And whether or not you want to call it a tie, apparently the film's director, Ronnie Yu, says that he thinks Freddy won. I don't I, see I, that. I, I call Jason baloney. is holding Freddy's severed head. Yeah. Yes, that severed He's head He's walking wakes, out of the water but in triumphant. Yeah. His, his like, competitor still has his arms and legs yeah. in the body. <laughs> so to me, that felt like a win. So it might be more successful as in, quote, Friday the 13th yeah. movie. But I get a lot of joy. Out of Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah. I understand that it's dumb. I understand it's for a very specific audience. Yeah. I just happen to be in that very specific yeah. audience. Yeah. But for the record, yeah. in my most most much beloved Friday the 13th movies, Freddy vs. Jason <laughs> topped the scales, right? Yeah. So it's interesting that it, it's all the way down in third place. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, Nightmare on Elm Street 1 ranks at number 2. Mm -hmm. Although it is a bona fide horror classic. Mm -hmm. Because of what it established, because mm -hmm. of what it made. Yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors, not only finished the deal, but just set off a fucking bomb in my imagination as to what a horror movie could be. Yeah. And how a sequel didn't have to be a derivative, you know, photocopy of diminishing returns. You can actually up your game. You can actually improve upon a good idea instead of just exploiting it. Mm -hmm. So, I'm giving Dream Warriors number one, damn it. So, is it the Empire Strikes Back of the horror sequels? 
<laughs> is it the greatest horror movie sequel? Well, that's a tougher conversation. I think it's definitely in the conversation okay. for greatest horror movie sequel, but I think more research needs to be done before I definitively give it the crown. All right, okay. there you go. There but look at, honestly, look at Elm Street 1 and 3 as sort of one epic yep. monster horror movie, yep. and that is the, that's the best of the best of the best. That's what Elm Street can and should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those I, are so good that that's why I was so mad at how bad Freddy's Dead got, right? Yeah. Because of how good those were, yeah. it made it sting so much more. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, even in the Friday the 13th movies, a lot of them I get vitriolic about. Yeah. Friday the 13th is an okay, fun, fine enough slasher movie, but yeah. it's, it, it is what it is, too. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. very simple. Like, yeah. They upped the game of slasher movies, so to just go ahead and, well, let's just make a boring derivative, whatever. Yeah. What did we think the kids would like? Not yeah. what, yeah. I think for me, and why I put number two uh, on this list above Freddy vs. Jason, and, and even New Nightmare, because I will acknowledge that New Nightmare is a scarier and better made horror movie than number two. But I'm thinking about rewatchability factors. Right. Um, and maybe it's because I've also seen New Nightmare a lot, and I also seen Freddy versus Jay. I've Freddy versus Jason. I've seen so many times now. Uh, I, I don't know how many times I've seen it. <laughs> so it, I, when I watch That's it again, totally healthy, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Certainly nothing crazy about that. No, he oh, said wow. slowly backing out of the room. <laughs> I feel bad that I actually that made the air. <laughs> oh well, whatever. Um, but I honestly can't remember how, how many times I've seen that movie now. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, I'm like that with Jaws. Yeah, yeah. But I I know at some point that I will revisit Nightmare 2. There's something very rewatchable about it. and It's one of those movies that if you know someone who hasn't seen it, yeah. you'd almost just want to show it to them yeah. just to break their brain a little bit. Yeah. But again, I was grading this list as Elm Street Pictures. No, no, I hear you. I so hear that's you. why I did that. I mean, again, we disagree, but I'm not going to really fight yeah, with you. Yeah. I think I might have been cross if Freddy's Dead wasn't at the bottom of your list. <laughs> if, you, if you thought that the remake out sucked, I might have fought you a little bit on that. But again, it's not a hill I need to die on. <laughs> Despite what you may have heard during this epic edition of Rankin Review, I, yeah. I, I'm not usually that <laughs> passionate about Elm Street. Nerd rage! <laughs> Nerd <laughs> So, here's a little sneak preview. Right. I think we've settled our Elm Street discussion. Okay. Since I'm visiting Beckman, I'm in the basement of his home, we're actually going to record another podcast oh, tomorrow. Oh, right. Uh, this is far in the future. It could be 2021 before yep. you guys are hearing it. But we're doing some star-studded creature features. Dang. Like, throw yep. some names out for them. Oh, man. Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. Nick Nolte. Yep. Johnny Depp. Yep. Uh, Cheech Marin. Cheech Marin, sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Woody Allen. Woody Allen, yes. Sylvester. Sylvester Stallone, Christopher Walken. Yep, yep. Sharon Stone. Yeah, all over the place. And Danny Glover. Crazy, crazy, star-studded, shocking creature feature yeah. episode. If yeah. this episode excited you, our next collaboration is yeah. going to make you shit yourself. I feel almost bad that we're talking about it. Like, yeah. it should be... I, but I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm I'm I, I am I'm I I am impotent with fear. Mel Gibson. 
John yeah. Cleese, yeah. Jennifer Lopez, yeah. so many celebrities, yeah. so many creatures, yeah. and we're going to do it. And this topic is going to be controversial. How do you rank it? How I don't do you know. rank it? I don't know. I, so, I would, Jeff Bridges. I don't want to give it away. Oh, yeah. The dude. The dude. Even. There's so many so many celebrities yeah. in this creature list, so it's you've got that to look forward to. Scandalous. I'm not going to tell you what it is, yeah. but you guys can guess, I'm assuming, from the names. Yeah. Uh, Star-studded creature features on the horizon. Yep. Thank you for listening to Rank and Review. How refreshing it was to record a podcast face-to-face with someone, like of them actually being in the room with me. This whole age of COVID had me doing a lot of podcasts over Skype and on the computer, so it was nice to see Beckman, to hang out with Beckman in his basement and uh, talk some Freddy Krueger. Very nice. What do you think? How did we do on this ranking of the Nightmare on Elm Street films? Do you have feedback to give me? If so, you can send that feedback to rankandreview at gmail.com. That's R-A-N-K-N-R-E-V-I-E-W at gmail.com. Check out the website at rankandreview.ca. And if you want more podcast goodness to put in your ears, I recommend the Shelf Shedding Movie Show, hosted by Jason Dubray, friend of the podcast. I recommend the Terror Table podcast. Check out Cobwebs, the Gothic Horror podcast. And check out Welcome to Riverdale. All of these podcasts are good things to listen to. All of these podcasts are hosted by friends of mine. Thank you so much for supporting Rank and Review. Please spread the word on the show and join us next episode where my friend Scott Lehman and I will discuss found footage.